This is the Sunday edition, co-host edition of Free Talk Live with your host Dale. And Puke. Ian and Mark are off tonight. Where's Dalebert? Dalebert is here as Dale. What happened to Dalebert? <laughs> you used to be called I, Dalebert. I, no, before I that never, it was Dale. And it I'm, never stuck. I, oh. I kind of gave up on it, sort of. So nobody else was willing to go down with it? Eh, it, it wasn't sticking. It's one of those things you, you, you throw it against the wall yeah. and it doesn't stick. So you move on. Oh, well, Whatever. maybe if you had stuck with it longer, though. Yeah. Because you didn't stick with it either, so then nobody was forced to well, use it. You just punch somebody in the face wanna, every time they I don't, don't use it. I don't want to force people to use it. If people are like, oh, that's set on calling me Dale, then they call me Dale. It's you and right. your Quaker ways, not wanting to just fight people because <laughs> they call you with the wrong name, huh? <laughs> that's right. So uh, I guess I can sh- respect that. For tonight's show, uh, if you'd like to call in, the number is 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live, where you can control the show you get to decide what we talk about. Uh, if you don't tell us what to talk about, um, we have several stories in the mill tonight. Uh, one is there's uh, some police officers in Atlanta are doing strip searches right there on the side of the road. Ooh, sexy. Yeah, and uh, there's not enough being done about it as usual. As usual, they're getting away with it because they're police officers. We're going to talk about yeah. that. What can you do about it, honestly? <sighs> We're going to talk about the N-word being uh, filtered out of Mark Twain's novels, particularly Huckleberry Finn. Ah. And how that's really ridiculous and how it completely changes a lot of what he's trying to say in the story. Revisionist history? Yeah. Um, so uh, we can talk about a Lancaster mayor that wants to broadcast bird music into the streets and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. I'm not, I, kid, I kid you not. <laughs> I well, kid like, you not. Like, but what kind of bird music would that be? That's That's got me wondering. I don't think there's that much detail. <laughs> We're going to talk about it, but I don't think there's really all that much detail about what. what, Yeah, probably not. Just sounds like yet another stupid, uh, you know, bureaucrat or politician thing to try and most likely get himself some uh, sweet, sweet articles in the newspaper. (laughs) Well, he's known for doing some wacky stuff. So Uh, we'll we'll talk about that too when we. And I bet that's been getting him elected because honestly, it's name recognition. That's the only reason that anybody votes for anybody else. I guess so. I recognize that guy's name. I'm going to vote for him. So. In Atlanta, which is my hometown, by the way, uh, it says, uh, Chief Turner says there's no decision to disband the Red Dog Unit. So they're called the Red Dog Unit. I'm going to see if we can find out more about what that means. The Atlanta Police Chief George Turner (laughs) called a special meeting Friday with members of the department's Red Dog Unit. That's awfully close to Red Rocket Unit. uh, Following allegations of inappropriate conduct by some of its members. So Turner spoke to Channel 2 Action News reporter Eric Phillips after the meeting. There, they got a free plug. Uh, Phillips was the first reporter to investigate the victim's claims and began piecing together the story after two men came forward and complained about possible officer misconduct. Possible officer misconduct. Uh, it's only possible. It's not probable. During a, it, like, how about likely officer misconduct? During a June traffic stop on Fulton Street. There's a lot of stuff that's happening around that unit. I thought it was the right thing for me to do. Just bring them together and let them know what was happening, Turner said. Atlanta police are currently conducting an internal vest- investigation into the accusations. Well, well, you know, we know how far those tend to go. They pretty much stay internal. Yeah, and you're going to find out that these officers have records. Much like have, tapeworms, they stay internal forever. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, a good analogy. Very, we're very close to concluding the investigation, Turner said. The three officers involved have been placed on administrative duty pending disciplinary, disciplinary decisions. When asked whether he planned to disband the Red Dog unit, which has been under scrutiny before, Turner responded, no, I've not made that decision. And we're, we're going to get to why they're 
were under scrutiny before. In an exclusive interview mm. with Phillips, the passenger in the car said members of the Red Dog unit pulled over his friend's vehicle and forced the driver, Sean Venegas, to pull down his pants on the side of the road in broad daylight. He says officers conducted a body cavity search for drugs on Venegas. No drugs were ever found, uh, according to passenger Brian Kidd. They went to his bottom part. That's as low as you can go. His bot- what? bottom his, part? His Is bottom in the part. Article? It's an issue. I think he's the guy's just trying to be discreet. You know. Oh, it's a quote. I, okay. I think they. I think they. I think they. <laughs> you know, pulled on the proverbial rubber glove. Mm. Uh, I don't think anybody should be subjected to that kind of search. Kid said, "I had to look away because I couldn't watch my friend be done like that." Kid told Phillips that an officer also reached down his pants, searching his private parts for drugs. Sexy. Is that where you keep your, your, your drugs? Do you keep them in your private parts? Yeah. But, I mean, that's just my fault, I guess, for keeping them there. Yeah. <laughs> it's warm and moist. Why not? Tucked, tucked under the, uh, the, little, the uh, family jewels. And yeah. I guess said he was so traumatized by the incident that he moved to another state. Man. Okay, now here. Here you go. Free state project. Yeah, hey. The next time you get molested by the red dog... Whatever red dog unit, yeah, the red rocket unit. That's your that's your sign that it's time to move to New Hampshire. Mm. Uh, it's not it's not to say nothing like that will ever happen here, but at least there's a network of people and activists who will, yeah, definitely raise a big stink about yeah, it. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a support network for sure. Possibly possibly show up, you know, right right there as they as the cops are, yeah. are pulling you over and about to pull you off to the side. Maybe they are less likely to do the full body cavity search on the side of the road if they're actively standing there. If there's a crowd of people, yeah, videotaping. Video cameras. Then they'll just get angry at the crowd of people and want to touch all their naughty bits. (laughs) Um, He says, I feel molested and I feel like I was raped. There's absolutely no justification under these or any other circumstances even if they had shown any kind of resistance to the officers to make Sean take his pants and underwear down in the middle of a city street, attorney Mark Bowman said. Turner said he is taking the allegations seriously. They can be assured that we're going to do everything we can to get to the truth, said Turner. Two of the three officers involved in the stop were also named in the infamous Atlanta Eagle bar raid that the city recently settled. Co-counsel... On the traffic stop case, Dan Grossman was the lead attorney in the Atlanta Eagle case. Now, okay, this is what's was that the, getting uh, to me. The gay bar? Yeah, it's a gay bar. Mm-hmm. It's a leather bar. It's like spankings and stuff. Who knows? Ooh. Who knows what all going on in there? Yeah, um, I've been to that bar, by the way. I have to admit uh, oh, it. <laughs> of course, you have. Been have to the, I've been to the Eagle bar. They, they have had, great uh, music. I mean, I can't blame they, you. They, actually, you know what? That's the truth. There that's, are a lot of people that go to that. There's never a cover charge when I was there. Oh, this there was many go. years ago. I haven't been in Atlanta for many, many years. But there was never a cover charge. They always had great music. You could dance there and everything. And uh, most every other club, if it had any decent music at all, they'd, they want a cover charge or something. Yeah. And you could go to this leather bar and, you know, mm. they, there's I, people that, going well, there that weren't. That's in, what I've heard. Uh, the, the gay bars have the best music. So, yeah. And um, so, anyway, um, but here's what gets me. They've been in big trouble before to the point of a lawsuit. Apparently, they had to settle a lawsuit over these officers. Yeah. And still not fired. Oh, of course not. Right. I mean, this... The, well, it's still under investigation, Dale. Just give it time. Yeah. Give it time. They are... Five or six thousand years, a, and they'll the, figure you know, it there's out. There's that thin blue line. They, they watch each other's backs. Yeah. It's them against us. I don't like that saying. It should be called a really thick blue line, or like a really thick yeah. blue lead wall that nobody can penetrate. You're right. You're right. It is. It's a little misleading. Very thick, meaty, girthy blue line. Yeah, uh, you know, that you definitely far. do not cross. <laughs> Apparently, and, and it, you, this, you will 
raise a big stink if you do cross that line too. Yeah. It's awfully hard to seems. stay in the force and be if you're if you are uh, if you are one of those people who joins the force with the intention to do some good while you're in there. Yeah. Then uh, you're going to have an awful hard time in a fighting with these with uh, with the establishment there, which is all about them looking after yeah. each other more everybody- than. You know, they're supposedly there to protect our rights. Right. To protect, yeah. Um, but, you know, if you go in there with that attitude of like, hey, I'm, I'm here to defend people, defend regular people. And if I see an officer misbehaving and violating someone's rights, I'm going to step in and, and, you know, make yeah. sure that we look into that and stop that. And, the, re- the reality is cops are just no. there to enforce whatever laws they're told to enforce. And half the time they just make it up or don't know what they're doing. And, you know, just somebody looked at them cross-eyed and, and uh, they're in the, uh, the Blue Line Club. And everybody else is not in that club, and more than likely, everybody who's not a, a police officer or somebody that the police officer knows directly is just going to be seen as some scumbag. That's I know you're breaking the law somewhere. You see it everywhere yeah. on TV. You know the uh, the tough detective down in the dirty, crime-ridden streets. You know he's got to he's really got to break some laws in order to get pre- the real you know. bad guy. Yeah, yeah, and everyone loves that guy. Like, oh yeah, you get them right. bad guys, whatever it takes, whatever yeah, it takes. It's it's funny. I was. Uh, Watching, catching up on the show that's no longer out there. Uh, my name is Earl, and uh, you know he, there was an entire season where he spent the time in jail. And every every other character in jail is some psychotic killer. They're never just some guy that didn't pay his bills right. or some drug dealer. Never mind that, that most people him. really in jail are there yeah. for pot or, or something yeah. silly. Yeah. So you can call in six zero three four three five eleven zero five. We'll be back. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. This is Sunday co-host edition. This is your host, Dale. And the co-host, Puking. <laughs> um, so we were talking about the Red Dog team, Red Dog unit of the Atlanta Police Force that's pulling people over, doing Red strip dog. searches right there on the side of the road. Is anything like or, the or, beer? That's the allegation. I guess we have to we have to disclaim. It's, the allegation is that... The, Allegedly. The, you know, but... but but cops wouldn't do stuff like that. I mean, they've got badges, so they must Not be Not from all the stories I've read. they got badges, so they must be honorable people. That's true. And it's funny how the, the guy commenting said that he felt molested. The, the definition of molest is to pester or harass someone typically in an aggressive or persistent manner. So anytime that a cop essentially interacts with somebody, you know, if they pull you over for a ticket or anything, they're molesting you. Because you're being, I, uh, you know, pestered and harassed in an aggressive and persistent manner. You know, nit- nitpicking definitions aside, I think that if they're um, if they're sticking fingers up you and stuff, that's that's mol- molesting. Yeah, absolutely. If it's yeah. unwanted contact. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. Uh, it says I've heard many stories from citizens who were stripped in public by Red Dog. Grossman said on Thursday, Atlanta police spokesman Carlos Campos emailed a statement to Channel Two. In response to these accusations, the Atlanta Police Department is in the process of concluding the internal investigation into this matter. There is evidence to suggest that some of the officers' actions during this traffic stop were inappropriate. Wow, inappropriate. Campo said, as a result, Chief Turn intends to move swiftly to discipline some of the officers with actions up to and including dismissal. Hmm. But probably not. <laughs> well, we'll see. Because it says know, up to. Let's give him a chance. You know, up to and... Um, uh, let's see. Uh, he intends to move swiftly... 
Hmm. Let's see. We'll see what happens. According to the department's website, the Red Dog Unit's mission is to provide a police presence in areas where drug sales and drug-related activities are prevalent. So here we go. More crap related to the drug war. The Atlanta Yay. Police Department expects its officers to be truthful at all times, to follow all policies and procedures, and to follow all of the local, state, and federal laws they are sworn to uphold. Well, of course they do. They're not going to say the real statement where we're just here to make money for our department and... You know, do whatever the hell we want because we can. And to have cushy government jobs and to protect each other from getting in any kind of trouble for stepping outside of the boundaries. Yeah. And uh, so on and so forth. Um, so Free Talk Live has been following the the business in Egypt. And uh, I was just coming upon this, even though I didn't mention it earlier, but mm. there's uh, it, it's it's there's already talk of an alternate government. I, I, have, I don't know how, okay. how much validity... Well, the government never has much validity, but I mean, in terms of whether it has, uh, whether it's viewed with any kind of yeah. seriousness or not. Yeah. But it says, um, this is from Haaretz.com, Egypt's Muslim where? Brotherhood eyes unity government without Mubarak. It says the opposition group says, uh, will exclude reigning president's National Democratic Party from talks. Mohammed El Barade, I hope I'm saying that right. I Probably have mandated not. by the people. So um, the Muslim Brotherhood, Egypt's largest opposition group, is in talks with other anti-government figures to form a national unity government without President Hosni Mubarak, a group official told DPA on Sunday. Now, as I understand it, Mubarak has been in, in power for a very long time. Yeah, it's something. It's 20-some years or something. Yeah, longer than anything we would find even remotely acceptable, even, even in our ridiculous, corrupt American government. Yeah. Well, I believe that's why they're now rioting. They finally reached that tipping point. Yeah, and and and, and the U.S. keeps supporting this guy. Uh, why? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's that's my huh. understanding. Is he still well, because has he's, the support of? I don't know. He's the so-called legitimate leader, right? He's the one that's in charge, so he must be legitimate, even uh, yeah. if he's some. I wonder. Dictator. I wonder if people start when they start to see a go- a government collapsing. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe people will just look at it as well. They're just barbarians over there, you know. And they're and and, and that's really oh, yeah. re- that's really not fair. That's not that's a well because any other people in any other government, you know, whenever whenever for foreigners riot, that's because their governments suck. And anytime there's any sort of uh, uh, what is it? Not derision, but you know, resistance to our own government here in the United States. Well, the United States government's the good guys. We right. Po- the, We're the, the good guys. The government could possibly do We're anything. We're keeping wrong order here. in the world. That's why yeah. we have. That's why I have army bases all over the world. Right. Um, and it doesn't seem to occur to anyone that maybe we're supporting governments because it serves our personal interests or the personal interests of pe- the powers that be here. Right. Well, the the federal government, the U.S. federal government, doesn't really care what other governments are in place, so long as those governments are keeping those countries or those the people of that country in order. You know, see, right now there's riots and and all that stuff. But prior to that, for 20 years, there was this dictator, you know, keeping a, a jack booted boot, a jack boot booty, on <laughs> on the neck of all the people in Egypt. And uh, you know, so long as he was suppressing them, then they weren't causing any trouble for the foreign policies of of America. Yeah. So that that serves the interests of the United States federal government. But then if if people you know, try to then take over that that government, then it causes all kinds of problems for the uh, the embassies and stuff, and that's that's yeah. really all they care about. Just like in Iran, I think there's a lot of powerful people swapping favors, and you yeah. know, kind of you know, you know it's just like my the back, police kind of, and you know, the, the, all these th- like the millions and millions of people that are 
underneath all this, all these games, they're yeah. getting, they get screwed left and right. Well, and, I suppose you know. the so-called world leaders, you know, the the head gangsters of all these governments, they all have dinners and meet up at the UN, and sometimes they bicker back and forth. But they have a lot more in common with each other than they do with any of the the little scum that run around at their the, feet, the, the citizens. Yeah. So it says, although the Muslim Brotherhood is officially banned from running for elections for parliament, you're not allowed. Some movement members have presented candidacy for parliament as independence, and. Kamal Nassar, Nassar. Uh, I I feel horrible for not being able to pronounce these these names very well, but you know I'm a I'm a silly, I'm a silly American, uh, who's unilingual American. I'm sure uh, if they were all Swedish names or Scandinavian, you probably couldn't pronounce those either. I'd do a little better because I actually did study a little Swedish for a while. Oh, okay. or not. I didn't retain much of anything, <laughs> but you know maybe I can kind of pronounce things a little better. A spokesman for the Brotherhood told DPA that his group was in talks with Mohammed El Baradei. The former UN nuclear watchdog chief. Someone is out there just laughing every time I pronounce one of these names. I just know it. To form a national unity government without the National Democratic Party. I will M- laugh for them. Of Mubarak. The group is ha, also. Ha, you said it wrong. The group is also demanding an end to the draconian emergency laws, which grant police wide-ranging powers. The laws have been used often to arrest and harass the Islamist the Islamist group. I can't believe that 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 police would misuse their powers. Mm. To suppress a certain group of people. Can't recall where I've heard about that happening before. <laughs> Let me think. Oh yeah, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, everywhere, all over the United States, yep. and and then some. Go to yep. that their website, <laughs> copblock.org, and you can just read about it all oh, day yeah. long. You could make a. You know, Ian has said before, you could we could talk all three hours of Free Talk Live seven nights a week just about corrupt cop stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And never, absolutely. ever run out of material. Never. never. It's only a few bad But they're eggs. only, yeah, it's only a few bad eggs. So <laughs> most of those guys are good guys. It's just a few bad, and, and you know, but when you talk to someone who went in there with really good intentions and, and left because they just, they couldn't like sleep with them, they couldn't, they couldn't sleep with themselves, you know, uh, the, the behavior they had to undertake to stay in the police force yeah. and, in that corrupt environment. You talk to people like that and you find out, no, it sounds like the exact opposite. There's a few good eggs in the police yeah, department. Yeah, that's what it is. Because power, power corrupts, and they have no consequences. They can, they know at some point. Eventually, they'll learn they can get away with and, anything. And a lot, and a lot of them, are, you know, some people are in there to do good things. Some people are in there because they got picked on in high school and they want to feel powerful. Yeah, I, uh, I think probably a lot. Okay, we got some more stories coming up. You can call 603-435-1105. This is the Sunny Coast edition of Free Talk Live. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Free Talk Live, where you can call in and and control the show. Chime in on the subject we're talking about or bring up something that you'd like to talk about. The number is 603-435-1105. This is the Sunday co-host edition. Mark and Ian are off. This is Dale. And this is Puke. It's a pretty groovy intro to that music there, too. There's like some sort of crazy... That was jamming. Is that new? Uh, I I just don't think uh, it gets played that often, but there's some sort of... I don't know. It sounded like almost motorcycles or something in the background. Anyhow, <laughs> bags, Harley riders. Is that what they are? Uh, no, I'm just oh, kidding. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they wear a lot of leather, <laughs> and they look like the village people. Yeah, you didn't see the South Park episode with the Harley riders? They were you didn't, no, I guess they had not. The gays That's... against fags episode. No, All the I guess, kids were calling I, I Harley, missed that one. The kids were calling the Harley riders fags. Yeah, and they were like, and the teachers were like, don't. You shouldn't be making you shouldn't be making fun of gay people like that. And the kids were like, "Gay people? What the hell are you talking about?" 
<laughs> fags are like annoying people and obnoxious people. Yeah, and stuff right. Like that. And the, you know they were talking about the Harley riders, so that was the the word got transferred. And yeah, so it yeah. now means Harley riders. Oh, but whatever. As opposed to bundles of wood or cigarettes or something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> actually, we talked about we actually talked about the origins of the word fag and faggot on uh, Prometheus Unchained today. So oh, there you go. If you want to learn all wanna, about if it, you want to learn all about the words. Uh, listen to Prometheus Unchained, uh, flamingfreedom.com. So. You can download today's episode. Um, so we were talking about these, this, this government, this, this opposition government that's trying to form in Egypt. What is it that they oppose, I wonder? Uh, someone being in power for over 20 years and, uh, and, and seeming like a... Like, like a, a dictator? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I wonder, I wonder if, if they really oppose like that style of governance so much or do they just oppose themselves not being in that style of government <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> that well i think if you're not people, getting your way and we'll you know if yeah. government's giving you bennies that you like and then you'll probably just kind of say yeah i can tolerate this That's government true. they're giving me my welfare checks or they're giving my business the uh the protection that i that it wants but protection meaning preventing other businesses from competing with you yeah Whatever if it is, if they're that, screwing you know, with the other guy and not me, then you know life's Walmart. Peachy, right? Walmart's got some pretty sweet, you know, situations set up for where regulations make it, you know, hard for anyone to come out, come out and come, compete with them, stuff like that. So, if you get your bennies, then you're probably happy with whatever's yeah. in. It doesn't matter yeah. if someone's been in there for thirty years if they're giving you your bennies, right? Yep. So, um, here's uh here's El Day speaking. I have been authorized mandated by the people who organized these demonstrations and many other parties to agree on a national unity government, he told CNN. I wonder how many other people. (laughs) Just throw in some buzzwords like unity, and it sounds like that's a good government. It's it's a unity government. Uh, Obviously, (laughs) if it were that unified or whatever, then there wouldn't even be any arguments. They they sound way better than the baby-stomping government. I'm not voting (laughs) for those guys. Yeah, they totally should not have taken up that name, the baby stomping government. It was a poor just, choice. That really tainted their image in the public view. At some point when they were thinking up names like wildflowers and democracy and unity, and then some guy was like, baby stompers, and they chose that one. Yeah, I mean, somebody should have been, hey, uh, PR wait mistake. A second, guys. Hire a PR guy. Yeah. No, use use buzzwords like unity. It unity seems like government. A, it seems like an expense, but <laughs> in the in the in the long run you'll uh, you'll be thankful for it. <laughs> That's right. I hope that I should be in touch soon with the army, and we need to work together. The army is part of Egypt, the opposition opposition leader added. Opposition figure Mustafa El-Nagar stated that El Baradei will be joining protesters in Tahrir, adding he would... I, I wish they would quit <laughs> yes. giving me these complicated Egyptian Why names Why can't they just spell these in English? <laughs> adding he would come to the square later on Sunday, his first visit to the hub of the protest since returning to Egypt on Thursday. The Egyptian cabinet formally resigned Saturday at the command of Mubarak following violent anti-government protests that have now reached their sixth day unabated. I'm sure lots of people have been seeing the video and and on the news or on YouTube. Uh, Mubarak has yet to comment on the cabinet's mm-hmm. resignation. The embattled president addressed the city on Saturday for the first time since the riots began, saying that he had no intention to resign. So, right. uh, yeah, 30 years, according to this. 30-year authoritarian rule. Woo. So uh, good run he for sounds kind of dictatory, and Very. the U.S. supports him again. Like you said, he just, you know, as long as it keeps everybody in line, yeah. then you know we're pretty. You know, yeah. The, the okay. headlines I've okay seen today uh, here in uh, Keene says Egypt still in turmoil. Why don't they say Egypt under revolution or Egypt? You know, getting a better government maybe <laughs> or something positive. No, it's Egypt in turmoil. Oh my god. 
Would they have printed the same thing under the American Revolution? Ah, the Americas are in turmoil. Somebody should do something. Mm. Maybe it's for the best that they're in turmoil because what they've had prior to that was just, you know, just horrible. I think there's a sense, I think, that the status quo is... Yeah. What, what's right. The way it's been going so far is good. So that's, we, defi- we almost seem to define, you know, what's right and wrong and legitimate by what's been there you know i grew up with all yeah. of this in place for years and years it never even occurred to me that it wasn't completely valid you know right yeah you know, yeah they wrote down they wrote this constitution a couple hundred years ago it was all it was for our protection and all this well the, I, all that stuff keeps yeah, you feeling a, yeah. keeps you feeling you know like you, you know it has all the right words in there to make you go oh okay mm, this is a good comforting. government and it's protecting us and you know don't don't rock don't rot the boat yeah you know? Well, I see that uh, that trend kind of, you know, throughout uh, human history. Maybe the uh, the climate change thing. Oh, the climate's changing. It's going to be different. That's never happened before, right? There were never ice ages or any crazy crap like that. So, <laughs> so you know, now that the climate is changing, probably on its own, that's a bad thing. Um, uh, historical societies. Oh, all these old buildings have to remain exactly the same because they're historical. We can't have new buildings. Like, there's definitely that fear of change uh, sort of inherent in some humanities. Yeah. Some humans. Uh, speaking on words is hard and stuff. That's a, Well, we're going to talk about words, actually, coming in uh, right now. I like um, words. We're going to talk about the N-word. Ooh. And uh, this has always word. been, this is always something that bugs me is that you're not supposed to say it. You're not even supposed to say it. I mean, I understand not calling someone that. Right. But that's horrible. I mean, it, it, but 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 the sort of stifling of speech. If you can't even talk about it, how do you get anywhere? Well, you were just you, you were so just, just. I'm going to read this article and I'm going to read it as it says. I'm not going to. Well, here censor. here I want to bring up the point that you were just talking about South Park uh, using the word faggot. And that's as a, a really ugly word. Yeah. And yeah. as a gay person, does that I horribly am a gay offend person. you? Would you prefer that everybody say f word? No, that would no, just be confusing, obviously. Abs- but absolutely not. I don't want people to say F the F word. <laughs> I don't want to be called that. Yeah, I don't think absolutely. anyone should be called that. Throughout history, the word has meant, uh, it's been a way to belittle some group of yeah. people that you don't like, that you consider to be worthless for anything other than burning. And that's a that's a really horrible thing to call yeah, anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Say so you're worthless for anything but burning. You're and firewood. usually that meant burning alive <laughs> in a really painful way. Yeah, you know, the, pretty much the most horrible death, form of death. Right. Other uh, than maybe drowning or which hanging is, on a cross. Which is what uh, because a faggot is a bundle of sticks for yes. burning, and a fag is is a stick, and that's why cigarettes picked up the meaning the word fag. It's a, you know you yeah, burn it's, it. it's all British yeah, colloquialism. It, it comes from that, and and so when to call a person that is to say you're worthless for anything except to be burned alive. And they burned witches, they burned homosexuals. Uh, yeah. So the word has actually transferred meanings many times throughout history, and the la- right. it's just the latest thing that people decided was worthless was gay people. So you know, and and now it's Harley riders. So I feel bad for Harley riders. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, you know, well, like my heart goes out to all the all the riders of Harley Harley South Park motorcycles. Because I'm sure they're not all obnoxious pricks that crave attention. Uh, they can't all be like that. And it's just not fair to. That's uh, true. But they've just to just they've got to label have, them with this horrible word. And, they've got to have those horribly loud pipes, though, so they get what's coming to them. Well, I, but I still don't want to call. I don't think they should be called faggots. No, that's not. I, and I'm just telling I you right now. I'll just use asshole and stop there. You know, I guys, uh, you know, my heart goes out to you. I was there. But I was not the every, one, not everybody. That I was the, the one being called faggot. And now you guys are getting it, and I'm and I'm sorry. So. 
So I, that's the thing. Don't call people these horrible words, but we're not going to avoid saying the words at all because that's just stifling communication. How do we get to a better world if we don't if we can't say what it is that that's bad that that we're trying to deal with? Yeah, you know? if simply stating uh, the idea or the word, like not uh, not using it in its you know negative context, just simply saying it is not. It is not a good thing. Then right. how can you even? But we're gonna. Yeah. The context that we're gonna talk about it in is the censoring of Mark Twain, Mark Twain's Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, where it's used a lot, yes, and it it's there for a reason. And we don't want to censor that because there's a reason why it's there. This you can call 603-435-1105. We're gonna talk some more about that coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. This is your host, Dale. And I am the puke. You are welcome to call in and talk about anything you like at 603-435-1105. Uh, there's plenty of time to get to get your call in. Plenty of time. There's like two hours, two hours. and one more segment. Well, I guess what I mean by plenty of time is that there's no calls on the line, so you, will not ha- you should not have to wait. There's that too. So, uh, but Way you to just good- clue them in that the show's tanking. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, call in people. Talking, our self esteem is going down the pooper. They are. They are. T- speak for yourself. Okay, dude. sorry. I don't. You know, I have. I was born. I like hearing myself so. talk. <laughs> um. So, they are censoring Huckleberry Finn. I, this 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 blows my mind. I can't. You know, this ought. It's one thing when when George Lucas and Spielberg. <laughs> You know, take guns out and put them using CGI and put walkie-talkies and show people yeah. firing walkie-talkies at people, uh, yeah. or whatever. You know, it's one thing when they censor these, you know, main these movies that are known to millions yeah. of people. Solo and, shot first, damn it! Uh, but Huckleberry Finn, I mean, we're rewriting history. Stop raping our. This child, is history. Then. Literature is a history of. It is what people are thinking. History is, right. a, is or literature is well, a history of the mind. You know, it's it's um, the same thing has happened with Looney Tunes cartoons. Uh, a lot of a lot of the old Looney Tunes uh, cartoons from I don't know around the you know the Second World War period, probably the forties and fifties, are pretty much incredibly racist. And they're considered explicit uh, content nowadays. And, you know, God forbid you show well, your children that stuff. Should, but, that's, but yeah, that's, we need to see that, though. Yeah, that's but the history you should show of, your kids and then explain, like, it, we're, like, it's like why it's racist. We want to erase this history, this horrible history. And, and we should show people that and say, what look, it, this is how people, this is, this is the past. This is how bad things were. We everybody's heard the that. phrase yeah. that to forget the past you will repeat it or some crap like that. You're doomed to repeat it. Yeah, doomed to repeat it. Remember the past you're doomed to repeat it. This is forgetting the past. We're just going to forget that this ever happened, and then eventually it's just going to repeat itself. And Mark Twain was way ahead of his time. I mean, he's one of the, you know, this this book is really dealing with racism head on. I mean, this guy was, he was a brilliant man, a brilliant writer. I mean, just brilliant in, in so many ways. And he was dealing with racism head on. He was way ahead of his time. And to to censor him now is is an as an is an insult to that whole to that whole movement of of fighting you know fighting racism so uh yeah. this is from this is from the economist Johnson puts his finger on what is so troubling about the new edition of Adventures of Huckleberry Finn published without the word nigger by Alabama's New South Books 
A sanitized twain may teach young readers a lot, but it hides from them a crucial insight that a word they know to be unacceptable now was once utterly commonplace. You can't fully appreciate why nigger is taboo today if you don't know how it was used back then. And you can't fully appreciate what it was like to be a slave if you don't know how slaves were addressed. The, vis- the visible sense of relief Mr. Gribben reports in his listeners is not, in fact, desirable. Feeling discomfort when you read the book today is part of the point of reading it. Hmm. Of course, even today, if you're black, you may well use the word in the company of other blacks. But even to understand why that use is okay while it's used by a white person isn't, you have to be aware of the word's historical role. Now, that right there bothers me, uh, just saying the use yes. of it by a white person <laughs> is not acceptable. Again, calling someone uh, a, a horrible name is one thing, but not even saying that in the context of talking about the word is ridiculous. Yeah. So, indeed, the discomfort that comes from the word is part of its essential power. Well, that's interesting. Um what do people do when you just say, no, no, you can't have this because I say so? They just think, want to use it or to have it that much more. I think they're making a point of saying it a lot in this article, actually, which is kind of – well, that's that's, maybe that's why they, they want you to feel that discomfort and everything. And, and uh, yeah. I feel like, okay, we know what we're talking but, about But, I mean, now. seriously, to just, <laughs> to just say if you don't learn why the word is bad, people just say this word's bad, don't use it. Then, then you're probably going like to be far ki- more likely to want to use it, right? That's that's like a kid whose parents don't explain why they're telling them not to do something. Yeah, exactly. And the kid is just like, you're just being an authoritarian bastard. You know, yeah. why can't, why not? Why? And the kid will ask why, because I said so. Yeah. And they don't learn anything from that. Exactly. And then, the, you know what they learn, though? They learn to raise their kids the same way when they grow up. Yeah. Just just uh, order them around without explaining anything. And then their kids just feel like, you're just a tyrant. You just don't let me do anything. If you actually said, look, I care about you. I love you. I'm concerned for your safety. Don't stick a fork in the socket. You know, show them a video on YouTube. This is what might happen. Yeah. You know, Or explain <laughs> you know, it to them somehow. Just explain yeah, it. Don't... No, it will hurt you very badly. That's why I'm telling you not to put the fork in the socket. Yeah. Like, oh. So, see, do you, and it's, you know, there's a way to do that kind of thing other than just saying, because I said so. And it's exactly. the same thing here. If you can't if you can't say the word, then you can't talk about why it's bad. I mean, you can't. I mean, it gets really silly. Yes, it you does. Know? So indeed, that um, let's see. Uh, the word feels wrong, i.e., viscerally, fundamentally, and uniquely discomforting, because it describes a view of humanity that is itself terribly wrong. For all the ways the word has been appropriated and subverted by these who once felt its lash, it remains a bracing souvenir of a particularly grim time in America's history. I'm sure it is less traumatic to read Huckleberry Finn without those 219 mentions of the word. Reading it aloud at my own high school would certainly have been more pleasant without all the nauseating hiccups and speed bumps. And indeed, and you hear it in my own when I said it. You know, I'm like, right. You know, it's just it, that's the discomfort like, they're talking about, and you and, and it's good that people feel that. But and indeed, the country's narrative would also be smoother without all that dreary slavery. <laughs> but the word punch is <laughs> yeah. The yeah let's just punch. forget about all the slavery portion of the uh, the book too. Let's not mention that, right? Yeah. But the word punch is an important part of the book's power as a document and critique of American manners. Censoring the book in order to reach a wider audience perhaps only conforms confirms that these manners are still worthy of critique. Wow. That's that's exactly the point. And then I, I like this article too, uh, from Kansas City from the Kansas City Star. It says Mark Twain chose his words carefully, don't rewrite them. One mm. no one advocates adding a bit more blush to the Mona Lisa or another leg to the Eiffel Tower or stripping a scene or two from Carmen. Who would, after all, well, apparently New South Books might. It's quite willing to tear at the fabric of the great American novel, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. 
They're doing this by replacing the word nigger with the word slave, especially in reference to Huck's companion Jim, the character who turns the book from road novel to the story that defined American society and attitudes about race. What I like about this article is they actually go into a little more about what the book's about and what he's trying to teach people. And, and it's important that, you know, if, if he didn't use the words they used at the time, it doesn't convey that. Yeah. It's a word that appears in the book more than 200 times, so it cannot be argued that it was an accidental or incidental word choice. Right. The new New South version of the novel is a reaction to the fact that this special piece of American history is also the fourth most often banned book in American schools. The goal, getting this book into the hands of young readers, is noble, though the practice is misguided. Huck Finn becomes the American story in large part because it is unflinchingly honest, which means at times humorous, at times tragic, and at times brutal. Dehumanizing Jim by reducing him to a single hateful word is a central point of the piece. And a, and a pivotal aspect of the story is the change in Huck's estimation of Jim, who by the end of the book is no longer a nigger but a man. And while the word in a modern context is painful, it is important to note that if we do not confront life's unpleasantries, it can be far worse than painful. Like you said, uh, the common phrase is, if we do not remember history, we're doomed to repeat it. Yeah. And author Mark Twain's work perfectly captured an era. If we change his words, we fail to fully understand how Huck changed, and we lose a sense of how our own country has changed since the days before the Civil War. Missouri's favorite son, Twain, certainly needs no help from current wordsmiths to soften or blur his message. He chose his words with intent, and it's up to us to teach them in context. It was Twain, after all, who said, the difference between the almost right word and the right word is really a large matter. It's the difference between the lightning bug and the lightning. Yeah. Well, Mark Twain was a, a an author. Wow, that's a, and a, that's serious... a quote straight from Twain right there. It's, yeah, it's ironic. It's, 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 it's actually ironic. They're talking about changing the word yeah. that he chose. I mean, he's an author. <laughs> he crafts words. And to, to just say that he sort of threw this word in nonchalant, wasn't really thinking about it, is a... That's just quite, yeah, it's an wrong. incredible insult to his memory yeah. to think that, you know, and again, like, you know, he was making a point with yeah. the use of that word. Michelangelo didn't just chisel, you know, David on a whim. He was thinking about what he was doing the entire time, and every single piece is, of that marble statue was thought of. It's the same way with an author, the at least a good one anyway. <laughs> the difference between the almost, I want to say it again, the difference between the almost right word and the right word, it's like the difference between the lightning bug and the lightning and and that fits this story perfectly. Exactly. Right there. Mark, Maybe Mark Twain's own words, and now they're censoring him. Do you suppose he was prescient <laughs> enough to to uh, understand that his work might be censored at some point in the future? He, <laughs> he was, was a very intelligent. He was man, pretty. So. He had incredible foresight. I mean, yeah. the, I got to say, the guy was was way ahead of his time in so many ways. I mean, I'm trying to remember that. Uh, I'm trying to remember something. It seems like uh, there's something he there's things that he seemed to predict with his writing that I thought were pretty amazing and right right off the top of my head I can't come up with it. About a whitewash uh, offense, I don't. Yeah, I can tell you either. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, we're going to talk about credit cards and how they are at a record high. Oh and, yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to sort of explore what that might mean. People are in financial dire straits. You so. can call six zero three four three five eleven zero five. This is Free Talk Live. We'll be right back. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday co-host edition. Mark and Ian are off for the night. This is your host, Dale. And this is Puke. And 
It's a shame that they're off for the night because crazy stuff blinking and whatnot <laughs> here in the studio scaring everybody. I'm, sh- I'm sure it's nothing. Uh, so we're so yes, we were uh, talking uh, just before we just before we left. We were talking about credit card interest rates and how they are at record highs, and it'll be interesting to explore why they're at record highs. The article's going to talk about it some. Um, it's it's uh, this is in uh, this is in CNNMoney.com. Credit card rates at record highs near 15%. And I see this chart here, and it shows them. Um, it goes all the way back to, like, middle of the year of 2007. And they're already they're quite a bit higher than that already. They dipped down quite a bit. It says the interest rates are now hovering near record highs, an average of 14.72%. And if your credit is bad enough, you could end up with a rate as high as 59.9% APR. That is APR, an insane by the way, is, rate. APR is is a, a special Isn't thing that, annual that the government rate? made for stupid people. If you're a stupid person and aren't able to figure out things like fees, like if you're trying to compare credit cards and one has an annual fee of $500 or something like that, then a stupid okay. person might not know that that might cost them more, even though it has a lower interest rate, than another credit card with a slightly a slightly higher interest rate, but that doesn't have an, an annual fee or something. Hmm. Just as an example, so APR was made for people. Right. Once again, the, once again, the government is saving us from ourselves. Yeah, and I'm sure that's uh, fixed all the problems related to stupid yeah, people absolutely. who are bad at math. And, I don't know of anybody that has a credit card that can't afford it now. <laughs> that's because while the Card Act helped crack down on certain fees and requires more disclosures. I, I I haven't followed this. I was not aware of the Card Act, but apparently it's having some interesting repercussions. It sounds it, vaguely familiar it, yeah. to me. But yeah. They're trying to protect stupid people that are bad at math from making bad credit decisions. It, it hasn't worked. Uh, it didn't cap every credit card holder's worst enemy interest rates. Sure, the new, will, the new rules prevent banks from raising most interest rates retroactively, but there's no limit on the rates they can charge new customers. Rates are going up because card issuers know that once you get a card, they can't raise the rates. Hmm. So they're raising rates on the front end to ensure they get the revenue from that interest, says Beverly Harzog, credit card expert at credit.com. Now, here's the other thing. Inflation is, is – uh, we, we, a lot of people are, antis- are anticipating a massive inflationary uh, cycle. Yes. And uh, that's because basically we're massively in debt. They're going to have to print money like crazy, borrow money like crazy, um, and so forth. They have to pay for all this spending somehow. Yeah. I mean, we're still raising spending. We still have a massive deficit, na- uh, nationwide deficit. So, uh, and when I say we, which is a horrible, mis- you know, misnomer, a little, yeah. a little mistake of the phrasing because it's not me. I'm not involved in it at all. There's some people out in Washington that are stealing money from us all yes. and spending it in crazy ways. They are doing it. So I apologize for saying we. If Ian were here, he would be correcting me left and right. Um, that he would. But, but yeah, so I, I think that, that you know, if anyone, any financial people with any, with any head on their shoulders are anticipating the potential. It may not be right away because I think we're still in a deflationary phase. Like we're, we're still in a crash. Sure, why not? Uh, and, I have and, no idea. Well, there's a lot of things that, that are deflating <laughs> the money. Well, you have a certain amount of money supply, and that affects a lot of things. The amount of money out there, if you have money in your pocket, and they create more money, mm-hmm. and they can do that, they don't even have to print it now. It's sort of a, a sort of a common fallacy to imagine them printing money out like yeah, crazy. Right. They, the, do, well, they are to doing that. They are doing that, but that's trivial in response to compared to things like fractional reserve banking, which creates sort of. Money that seems like it's there, but it's really not. Yeah, uh, it makes it certainly seem like there's more money there, and 
and and also just digits in computers. You know, there's just money appearing in computers that's that's saying that there's more money out there when it's and and it is, but it's just it's just fake money anyway. It's just a number that's arbitrary. Yeah, we're saying okay. You the, the the Fed declares you now have an extra five hundred billion dollars. Yay! When they give it to, rich I want people. them to declare that for me. They always give it to rich people. They don't give it to poor oh, people. Oh, son of a! Like, whenever new money is created, it goes straight to rich people, and eventually the poor people get it. But by then, it's there's been inflation. By then, yeah. So now the the money's no longer worth as much. It's supply and demand, like Ron, anything else. Ron Paul else. talked about yeah, it. You know, money is is a supply and demand object, and when there's too much of it in the market and there's not enough demand, sure. it's worth less. It is worth less. And the money in your pocket, they can literally almost magically reduce the value of the money in your pocket. Uh, so when you see all the prices going up, sort of when it seems to be across the board price increases, that's uh, inflation, yeah. which is usually the money supply being expanded. Have you heard about the uh, the Fed is no longer doing uh, paper savings bonds now? I have heard about that. I've been that. hearing this uh, over the radio, the damn ad council and their PSAs infuriating me all day long. Um Instead of normal, horrible commercials infuriating me all day long. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's one I've been hearing lately where they're, they're no longer... Oh, it's great. They're no longer printing paper bonds. You can just do it electronically. And I oh, have to wow. wonder, is that because they want to do the same thing with the bond market that they're doing with dollars? They can just push buttons on a computer and magically, bam, you've got bonds. As opposed <laughs> well, to they're doing that. Whether they print it or not, that's what yeah. they're doing. I mean, but it's, it's a lot cheaper to do it on the computer than print I, out I a guess. piece of paper right? and I mail I, it. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't see a big difference between that. But anything but the, the government but, does makes me skeptical. But obviously, but the the thing is, they're not keeping. They're not staying ahead of the crashing in the in the money. Yeah. Basically, a bunch of people are defaulting on loans, and that's a massive amount of money, mainly home loans. But uh-huh. a, a massive amount of money is just disappearing. So there's a deflationary cycle that's still happening, and houses are still getting on the market really cheap, and so the money's not getting paid back. So that's a deflationary um, impact, which they haven't even been able to keep up with, from what I understand. So I don't know how long it'll be. At some point, there will be a massive inflationary cycle. Uh, That's my prediction, and a lot of people's prediction. I'm not pulling it out of my ass. And so it seems to me that these banks, if there are restrictions on their ability to raise interest rates on these cards, normally a credit card is year to year. They could just suddenly raise the rate. Uh-huh. Not, even, not even year to year, month to month, really. Um, they can just raise the rate. And, they, and I guess the idea is you can't raise the rate on the money that's already owed. Like, like you know, But if you make a new purchase, the idea was the rate could go up on that or something. I don't know. I'm not completely okay. certain about that. But the fa- they're no longer flexible. And so if that's the case and the bank has restrictions on being able to raise those rates to adjust for inflation and everything – then, then of course they're anticipating. Crap, we got to charge high rates now in anticipation. We won't be able to raise it later. Yeah. So uh, it seems to be a result of that. APRs have hmm. climbed more than twenty percent over the past two years and hit an all-time high of an average fourteen point seven eight percent in mid-November, based on weekly data. It says CreditCards.com collects from one hundred of the nation's top credit card issuers, and there's no end in sight. While interest rate caps have been proposed, including a proposal. Earlier this month, from New York Congressman Maurice Henchy, that would limit rates at 15%. None have been passed into law so far. I love the way that their immediate solution to the problem is more legislation. Absolutely. They're lawmakers. That's what they do. We got, we got economic problems. See, Paul, Pay the law. See, puke. We don't, we got, we, Make people a don't law. Have, people don't have enough money. More laws. <laughs> the, the, there's a problem. People don't have enough money. They don't have enough food or jobs or whatever. So huh. just pass a law. Yeah, laws. This is look. This That's is a good a, idea. Again, I want more supply, laws. There's supply and demand. There's a there's a market. There are market forces out there that uh-huh. are constantly being impeded by these laws. These market forces would love to respond, you know, to to yeah. the things to what's going on out there. Um, but yeah, it is it is a sad truth that 
that uh, let if, these there, if there aren't enough that's all jobs. Get rid of some of these regulations that are letting people start new businesses that would create jobs and hire new people yeah. and, and raise wages and things I, like that. No, raise the minimum wage with the I law. Have a, I have know? an article uh, that I, you know, we may or may not get to. We really don't have to read it. It's just another crackdown on raw milk. This time in California, somebody made cheese with raw milk. And, oh, yep, yep. oh we have to seize it all and burn it all. It's the devil. It's going to kill all your babies. Yeah, uh, well, or yeah. we could just or, let people sell and purchase things and actually be um, responsible for their own lives. You know, <laughs> maybe consumers could be, I don't know, uh, intelligent enough to research the products that they purchase and not just assume, well, it's legal, therefore it's good for me. Not, not as long as they're being convinced from all directions that the solution to all their problems is more laws and go to Congress and yeah. pass more. You know, they should just pass a law that everything should be free. And then no one would have to work anymore. There you go. I want that law. I want the you law want, that you says I am God. We don't need credit cards if everything's free. We can just go get stuff. It'll just yeah. be there. Why don't they just make a law that says credit the, cards are awesome? That, that law would them. cause resources that people need to just magically appear out of thin air. Pretty certain that's how it works. Yeah. The laws make stuff. Food, food, magic land. And living. food and all that stuff. <laughs> okay. So we're going to be uh, we're gonna be moving on. When we get back, we'll be talking about photography. You can take pictures of stuff again. Yay! Uh, Call 603-435-1105 to join the conversation. This is Free Talk Live. Sunday co-host edition of Free Talk Live. This is your host, Dale. This is your co-host, Buke. And uh, we were going to talk about, I was going to talk about how we can t- take photographs of government buildings again, which is good news for you, Puke, because you're a, pr- a professional photographer. I don't know if I call myself professional, but you I'm a serious hobbyist. Yeah. I've sold stuff, yeah. Expert photographer. You have doomsdaydevice.net, which is dooms-day-device. Dot com. Dot com. It's doomsdaydevice.com, and there's there's dashes between the two words, or the three there's words. There's Cause I, I, yes, I know doomsday is one word, technically, but my logo <laughs> demanded three Ds, and you know the other URL was already taken. So It's like a lot of things. You come up with the acronym first, and then you figure out yeah, words right. for it. Um, yeah, cool. and you can also go, uh, you can search Doomsday Device on uh, Facebook. I have a page on there, too. So Excellent. That's a good way to. You should go there and like on. like it. Is it one yeah, of those sure. things you can like it? You can like it or hate it or whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> I don't think they have a hate button yet, but I'll keep that in mind for Soon when it's enough. an option. So yeah, so. Um, this article interests me because as a photographer, um, it really sucks whenever people are like, "No, you're not allowed to photograph these public things that your public tax money is publicly paid for in the public with public bits." But hold that thought. That's true. We're, good. we're going to talk we about that next, but right now on. we have a caller who wants to talk about the credit. I we wondered just, what all that credit, blinking was going Credit card rates that we were just talking about. Matt from Illinois, you are on the air. Good evening, Dale and Puke. Good evening. Good evening. Um, first off, let me make a quick comment about if, if, they, if they're going to um, censor, if they're going to change the word nigger in uh, Huckleberry Finn, they ought to change it to really cool black dude. <laughs> I, I just think that would make it, completely alter the entire meaning of what was going on there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, it makes sense. I mean, these people going, "Hey, you damn really cool black dude." <laughs> you know, it's. I guess in their minds, they feel like 
the word slave is pretty bad. If you go around calling someone slave, that's pretty bad. And there's no doubt about it. It's still not – it doesn't have the power. There's an intended – again, I think Mark Twain wanted people to read that and go, wow, they're using this word yeah. so casually. That's it really awful. It doesn't matter you know? what the person publishing it thinks or whatever. If they're going to publish it, that's what the author wrote. That's what they should publish. They shouldn't be, you know, after travesty. the fact, hundreds of years later – well, not hundreds, yeah. but decades later – just deciding, well, we're going to change it. You know, I mean, it is disgusting you know, to me I'm as waiting, an artist. I'm, Matt, what do you think of this? I'm waiting for a, for some hardcore libertarian to call in and say, well, it's, the, you know, I guess the work has been out long enough now that it's no longer a copyright. Like anyone can publish it and presumably it could alter it, I suppose. And someone's going to call and say, well, they could do whatever they want. They're a private company and blah, blah, blah. That's beside the point. I mean, I, I'm not going to deny that. Well, they could, but that that doesn't mean we're not going to rip them a new a-hole. Exactly. They get to do whatever they want, and I get to do what I want, and they're using their freedom of speech, and I'm using mine. Um, and this I, is appalling, you know. I think, and, and you know, this is, I'm an author, too. And I think that when you take an author's words and you change it, you, you completely change what he was trying to convey. Absolutely. You completely change the concepts that he was trying to get across. You're not just changing words. You're, you're, you're not just changing. Words mean something. They have meaning. And, you know, the politicians, the, the do-gooders, the, the, the authoritarians of, of the world have managed to completely bastardize the entire English language. Yeah. It worked to where, where you don't know what you're saying anymore. Well, they, you don't know what you're communicating. They changed which, the meanings of words. You know, I mean, the reason right. you can't go, you, I can't, I mean, I am, I'm technically an anarchist. If I go and tell someone that, the first thing that flies into their mind is is what the, what statism has turned the word into, which is chaos. I asked them chaos. for their Molotov cocktail recipes. Yeah, Molotov cocktail. Yeah, they they picture me throwing <laughs> Molotov cocktails at uh, at government buildings or at co- police cars or whatever. And the the you know there's the notion that and and it has come to they've changed the word to mean chaos because what they want people to believe is that the only way to have order is through statism. And so if you right. if you That's take a word that problem. means that means the opposite of statism that says no statism <laughs> Then, then someone, you know, obviously you want to promote the idea that that's going to result in chaos. That, you know, we're here, we're creating all this order with our authoritarianism. And so the word, you know, the word that means not us is chaos. Right. They, they, they try, well, what they're doing is they're taking a, a valid idea, uh, which anarchist, our anarchism was back in the day, uh, and they're, they're, Using it to, they're they're changing it around so that the public thinks of it in a completely different manner. I, and my idea of anarchism it, it has nothing to do with chaos or with fighting or with bombs or with violence. Yeah. My idea of, of anarchy has to do with peace and love and respecting your neighbor. But and, uh, and the the, the whole the, the, and built into the 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 structure of the word is the there's a rejection of hierarchies of people. The notion that some people right. are better or more important or more right than other people. Well, the reality is is that the meanings of words change. Yeah. yeah. So right. it sucks, it, but that's what it, happens. It is what happens. But I think, but I, but I, but what I'm getting at is the attempt to rewrite history, and and that's that's right. what I'm talking about right here. And then if you change that word, then that's what that's what they're trying. That's what they're doing. They may have good intentions. Uh, you know, they probably do have good intentions. Maybe they feel that this is going to, like the article said, it, they, I guess the implication is that people will be more comfortable reading the book because that is such an uncomfortable word. 
but uh, that's why it's there. It's supposed to be uncomfortable, and and we shouldn't we shouldn't forget the ugliness of of it and the fact that it was used so casually at the time, and that there was an entire there, there were this there's entire there were a lot of people who were simp- who were simply dismissed uh, as being this very this lower cast of not even real people, uh, and and how horrible that was. And how we should never forget that and realize because because we do it now we we just we pick new people we pick a new class of people that we're going to be dismissive about and and say and come up with some word for them and and uh, treat them as 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 dis- fringe be dismissive about them in whatever way and we don't want to forget that. Um, wasn't well, the point uh, of my th- comment was to was to point out how ridiculous it is to to try to to censor something like that. Yeah. Uh, wasn't Engine Joe a character in the book too? Yes. Yeah. So what uh, are they censoring? Engine? Because was that in was that in, was that in Huckleberry Finn or was that in uh, Tom Tom the, the, Sawyer? Tom oh, Sawyer. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think yeah. Engine Joe was Tom Sawyer, but yeah, it's another novel that has Huckleberry Finn in it, right? It's still a disparaging term for right. a Native American, so I wonder if they want to censor that one too. Probably. Right. And Tom Sawyer know. was probably a more famous book than Huckleberry Finn, although I'm not sure which one was yeah. more famous. Yeah. Anyway, about about credit, and, and you know, this harkens back to the times of of uh, Mark Twain. You know, there there was a time in this nation where people actually went out and earned money and saved it. And when <laughs> they had enough money, they bought stuff and then they owned it. I'm confused by this concept. Would, <laughs> yes, this is and like nobody could take it away from them. Because they didn't make a payment on it. Are you going to tell us and these the, stories about how you walked to school in five feet of snow and three <laughs> miles both ways? And hey. I, I did walk to school. <laughs> yes, it's a strange concept. The idea of like saving up money and buying things and not being in debt. It's a very strange concept to Americans. Right. So, right. all right. Yeah, I mean, do you want, do you want to do you want stay on or you want to? We got to go. Okay. All right. I'll talk all to right, you in the bye-bye. next. This is uh, Free Talk Live. You can call in at 603-435-1105. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. You can call in at 603-435-1105. We were just... Talking about the credit crisis, uh, the cre- well, the credit credit card rate, credit card crisis, uh, credit card rate crisis. I guess you call it. I don't. I don't know. That sounds a little melodramatic. It does. But, but they are at a record high. Interest rates are at a record high. For That's the way cards. they do it nowadays, though. Panic! And Everybody, panic! We were inter- huh? we were interrupted. Um, so uh, I brought Mac back to finish his thought. And Matt, you wanted to talk about the Federal Reserve and how this all ties in. Yeah, I was going to say, back uh, before the Federal Reserve, 80% of Americans owned their homes and owned their property. They weren't in mortgage. They, 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 you know, they, this whole foreclosure mess wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have been able to happen back then. Nowadays, I believe it's something like 5% of the people own their homes outright. And I'm not even sure about how taxes work back there. I'm pretty sure back then, I'm pretty sure it's, there was property taxes. Yeah, I think people but have just come to accept this notion that everything's really expensive and that's just modern times. That's just the way it is. But th- no, what's ha- no, you're being, 
your your resources are being siphoned off from you through this very calculated process of of keeping you in debt, keeping you paying interest, keeping you paying taxes, uh, keeping businesses under all kinds of regulations that make it more expensive to do business, that raise the cost of buying goods and services, that lower the wages that they can offer to employees, and that lower the competitive nature of of employment, so that so that employees uh, for employers, so that they would have to offer better wages to people in order to get them to do work for them. And so on and so forth. I mean, there is this insidious process that is siphoning resources off of regular people, you know, the working man, the uh, the middle class and the lower class, and and pumping this money up to extremely wealthy people. And there's this this huge division between the super wealthy and the average guy. You know, they talk. They keep, you hear this a lot. You know, you'll hear uh, uh, liberals will diagnose the problem correctly that just their solution is more government. But you hear this this a lot about the disparity of income. And uh, I don't really I mean, I wouldn't mind about a disparity of income per se if the regular person was living a great lifestyle and everything. And it seems like and you'll hear a lot of people if they're defending the the system as it is, you know, if you hear someone defending capitalism as if that's what we have when, when it isn't really, you'll hear them defending this notion that, you know, look, we are better off than we used to be. Well, for how long? You know, how long are we going to be able to keep this up? Because we're in massive debt. Like as no, as Americans, we're better off either. I don't want to say we again. I'm using the we. Um, I'm not in debt, but uh, a lot of people are. You know, if you look at people all across America, the average person is massively in debt. And uh, you know, how long? Are you, how long do you expect to, this to last? How much longer do you think we'll be able to keep in, importing really cheap goods from China? I mean, how much of the stuff do you own is from China? This isn't going to last, guys. Uh, you're you're. This is a. This has been. This is a. The American dream is being is being. Is a very fragile thing that's being propped up for a long time, while our resources have been filtered away from us for longer and longer and longer. And and it's it can't, it's got something's got to stop. Something's got to give, and it's going to happen not too long from now. I I anticipate. Um, I agree. I agree with you. You you've made all the points I was going to make. Oh, sorry. <laughs> about how it's a system to funnel the the wealth to the to the to the very very wealthy at the top, and it it, it is it's bound to collapse because. The, the base, the, the grassroots, so to speak, are dying, and they're going to collapse. And it's not just America. It's worldwide. Yeah. I mean, this, well, this it's whole, all, these uh, economies are all tightly interwoven. There's no doubt about it. America's mm-hmm. economy is tightly interwoven with all these other places. Uh, they're, they're exporting to us or borrowing money or vice versa. Um, you know, China is – China ha- owns a lot of American debt. Uh, mm-hmm. Do I have that right? I, I sometimes I get the numbers turned around. I might and I might be using the wrong expression. No, basically, China owns a lot of American dollars. They own a lot of American dollars. We owe them a lot too. I mean, that's the idea that right. you know they own a lot of dollars. Then the idea is that they can turn around and start buying stuff or whatever. Uh, and of course, if they did, that would be you know if they, if they just said, okay, we're gonna start buying all this stuff now. We're not gonna keep taking. We're not gonna keep taking money. You know, we're not gonna keep investing in American money. I mean, that's gonna have a drastic effect on the dollar. If they if they just suddenly say, yeah, you know, we don't want any more American dollars because you guys. Are turning it into a worthless paper, you know. Well, you know the the talk that Ron Paul used to talk about. What would you do if if there was Chinese in America, Chinese troops in America doing what we're doing over in Iraq, and we're not too far off from that happening. Yeah. When you're well, hearing about towns in Idaho that are being bought up by the Chinese, that the Chinese are supposedly going to bring people over and have them working over there, you're not talk. You're not too far from having. Chinese truce. I mean, how how would they keep those people from running off if they brought them into the United States? <laughs> mm. 
So you're not you're not too far from from seeing. And I can see, Chinese you know, and, and look at the leverage, the economic leverage that the Chinese would have on America at this point. I mean, it's that's mm-hmm. it's almost a weapon. I mean, if you can suddenly if you, if you have the the ability, if you have a button, forget nuclear weapons. If you have a button you can press and cause the economy to explode. You know? That's uh, that's a weapon. That's a nuclear weapon, practically, and and you can hold that over someone's heads just the way you hold a, a you know a threat of nuclear devastation. I can you can devastate someone economically, then you've got all kinds of leverage to say, yeah, we're going to put a base over there. How do you feel about that? Oh well, we're not cool with that. Well, oh, okay, well, we're just about to press this button over here. You know, we're going to stop taking. We're going to stop buying up American money. We're going to stop uh, buying up your debt. Uh, we're just going to stop, you know, it'd be like, you know, uh, just slamming on the brakes of the economy all of a sudden, you know, we've just been spending like crazy, going into debt like crazy, and they have no way, you know, if you try to present, you try to get their, uh, the American government to look at this massive amount, not just debt, you know, but, but the, the, uh, oh, crap, I just blanked on the word. What's it called? The deficit, the deficit. There you go. That's how much more in debt we're getting every year. Uh, we and it's just it's just phenomenal. It's it's beyond, it's beyond mind blowing how big it is. And we just there's just this feeling that it can just keep going forever. We can just keep getting more and more in debt and just ignore it, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like no. Mar- Miley Cyrus said, it's a party in the USA. <laughs> oh, I yeah. hate that song so much. It does matter, guys. It does matter. I mean, you know, we, you know, this this we're we're on a speeding train that could just suddenly come to a sudden halt, and and, and it's going to have to sooner or later. Something's got to give. There's uh we're 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 really in trouble, and uh, if people don't acknowledge that, it's this is where education really comes in. We we kind of got to educate people that we are the economy. It's 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 the, the human I think beings are the economy. We, we're going to try. We're going to keep trying to educate people, but I have a feeling they're go- they're going to get the education the hard way. I have yeah, a bad well, feeling yeah, about it. Yeah, the school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I I already am getting that education the hard way, but that's. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Uh, All right. Well, it's been an interesting (laughs) conversation. Yeah. Thanks thanks for for calling, Matt. It's great to have you. We got another call, so we're going to take that now. Uh, This is Free Talk Live. Who's this? Hey, this is Joe. Joe, hi. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from South Carolina. Great to hear from you. What's on your mind, Joe? Um, I wanted to uh, raise an issue with that last caller. Okay. And what him and Dale were talking about, about the uh, the monetary system and the economy. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, talk about it. Go. You're on the air now. <laughs> yeah. You know that, right? This is Dale. No, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. I said I'm When I said this is Free Talk Live, you're on the air? That's what I meant. I'm sorry about that. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I thought I was being screened. Okay, oh, no, yeah. no. No <laughs> problem at all. This is Dale. That was Matt, and uh, he's gone now. <laughs> we don't do none of that fancy screening crap around here. Well, if That's you awesome. call in the middle of the show, we'll, we'll take you on. Yeah, well, um, you know, I thought it was interesting. Uh, you seem to have two conflicting points that you and the last caller were agreeing on, which I wanted to speak on, which was that it seemed like you, Dale, you were talking about how you disagree or with the, the current monetary system and how you think it's unsustainable and it's generally a, um, kind of like a an economic fiction to kind of the way our monetary system is built on the fractional reserve system and the idea that the Fed can just print money out of nowhere and it, it's no basis for a sustainable cur- uh, system of currency, but and, and I agree with you there. But then you were later talking with the last caller about how it would be this tremendous failure for the U.S. economy to collapse because China 
you know, called in all okay. of this debt we're, we're gonna and, we're gonna we're gonna be interrupted here so how about you hold over and we bring you right back sure. when we come back sure okay uh, you can call 603-435-1105 if you have an opinion on this or want to bring up something else this is the co-host edition of Free Talk Live Conversation between Matt and myself. I was about to talk about rock music because music rocks. <laughs> or that. Uh, and then it fades so we have away. A caller. Just uh, like life. Okay, caller, you're on the air again. Is it, did you say Jim? This is Joe. Joe, Joe. sorry. Joe Something from with South a Carolina. And you're gonna hey. you're gonna take me to school, or or Matt, one or the <laughs> other. I'm not sure uh, about our conversation a moment ago. I'm gonna learn us some economics. Yeah. <laughs> Not taking you to school. I just wanted to raise an issue that uh, I wanted to raise the issue that it seemed like when you were talking to the previous caller that you were both agreeing that the current monetary system, the fractional reserve system, is unsustainable and undesirable. But you also seem to be agreeing that uh, the failure of the U.S. economy as we know it um, is undesirable as well. And I don't. And so the point I wanted to raise was that okay. you can't argue that both the monetary system is unsustainable and that the ultimate collapse of the current economy as we know it is also undesirable because you're contradicting yourself. You're you right. Yeah, right. Well, uh, actually, I, you have a good point, and I uh, allow me to clarify. What I was, what I was, uh, what I was sort of pointing out is that. Those who desire, who are trying to prop up this house of cards, who it's in their best interest to do so as long as possible. There's people in power who are who are milking this as long as they possibly can, right? That own lots and lots of resources and keep pumping this fake money up to themselves, and then they spend it, and then it, before it drops in value, and they buy stuff that then can go up in value again when there's an inflationary cycle and so on. Now, you're familiar with all that cycle, right? So it's in their best Absolutely. interest to keep it going as long as possible, right? And these are yeah, the people yeah. in power. So what I was trying to point out was that they, they want to keep it going. Uh, it's very important to them and, and their power and their maintaining this house of cards to keep that going as long as possible. And so they are under they, – there's this weapon that, that, that China can use against them. As long as they're in power, as long as the one's in power and that this is something that matters to them, then they're under – they have considerable – there's a considerable pressure that, that China can apply to them. I think uh, you and me and the average, the average Joe – um, and you are Joe, <laughs> uh, you know, to us, it's like, you know, I, I'm ready for the, I'm ready for it to collapse. I am. Um, I'm a little, I don't want it to, ha- I, I would love for us to do as much as possible to have a healthy, peaceful economy that can grow in the shell of the old, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully as much as possible in a gradual kind of way so that it wouldn't be traumatic. So we don't have people starving and homeless. Uh, we do already, um, and I think it's going to get worse, but I'm hoping that we can do as much as possible to start growing a peaceful economy, an agorist economy, uh, that's ready for this collapse, you know, that's ready for it when it happens. So it won't be as dramatic and as traumatic to, to, all, to, to all the regular people out there. So that's what I meant yeah. by it. It's, it's, it's a weapon against those people who care about it. If you're yeah, maintaining absolutely. the illusion, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I agree with you that 
I mean, uh, those who are in power will never relinquish that power. Uh, they will do anything they can. They will use every resource they can to maintain their position of power because, you know, outside of these fictions that are created that, you know, this current system kind of exists under, those people have no real purpose to humanity in any other, in any other way, you know? <laughs> they, there's, yeah, they've, they're, they're, no their skills or, are devoted to exploiting yeah. people for their, exactly. for their resource creation exactly. and stuff. I mean, sure. without without the fiction, I mean, they're just like the rest of us, you know, just just humans trying to make it. So, yeah, yeah I definitely agree with you on that point. And I think I, I think it's interesting. Um, just the term economy is. I, I think it's kind of been hijacked, really. For I, or I think it has many, a couple of different uh, sort of definitions. In the sense, uh, economy just in its definition is the efficient use of resources. But it's kind of yeah. been hijacked in this modern sense to describe you know, the monetary system and all these different, like, created fictions of people trading things that don't actually exist. Well, it's like, either it's either it's, been hijacked or people are just completely ignorant of what an actual economy is. And I I am probably one of those people. I don't really study economics and stuff. It's boring. It you know hurts what? my brain. But. You know what? I have advice for you, Puke, and anyone else out there that feels kind of economically ignorant. Uh, I, I, I feel like what helped me to, to really understand what's going on D- don't listen to the to the high up economists, the people on CNN. Don't listen to that. Crap. Yeah, obviously, don't do that. Uh, th- that's <laughs> part of the house of cards, right? Don't listen to that. If you want to understand what's going on economically, this is something that I finally kind of. It's just something that kind of clicked for me. You know, it's common sense. Look at where. Ignore the money first of all, because that's a big illusion. Look at where resources are going and coming from. Who's producing resources? Who's uh, benefiting from resources? Who's getting them? Where they where they coming from? Where they going to? How is all that being manipulated and, and ignore the money and then you can kind of watch and see how the money is related to that and how it's being used to move resources around. And like that's what I mean when you see these when you see these cases where a bunch of people are losing their homes. Well, who's getting the homes and uh, you know, who, uh, who, who loses their homes and who gets new who, who buys those things up later when you see stocks, all these stocks get moved around. Right. You see how these stocks that they shoot up in value, and someone sells them off, and then some other people buy them up, and then they start dropping in value, and then they own something that's dropped in value. And and a lot of times, what you're going to see is uh, all these resources uh, in this heavily manipulated economy, where government's massively intrusive and manipulating this economy, and you see them, uh, you're going to see resources being pumped up from poor people that are producing them up to rich people that aren't doing crap. You know, they're just very powerful. Their job is just to own a bunch of stuff <laughs> and, and manipulate it. Have enough, have enough uh, ownership and, and protection of that ownership with this, with this uh, very intrusive government to be able to manipulate the crap out of our economy in their favor. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's how, that's how you got to look at it. Do you have any other thoughts on, okay. uh, on, this, on this situation, Joe? Um, no, I don't think so. Not really. Thanks for having my call, cool. and uh, have a good night. Glad to have you. Thanks Thank for you. helping us to clarify what we were talking about, Joe. Um, again, you can call in. The The lines are clear now. It's 603-435-1105. You can chime in on this or bring up a new subject. And we were the subject we were about to bring up is uh, that you can take pictures of government buildings again. For the time being. I, I've, I, have, I know personally <laughs> some people who had who've been harassed and been told they had to delete pictures and things like that, because they took pictures of government buildings. This yeah. all came out of fear of terrorism, which has allowed all kinds of, allowed people, what it has done is made people complacent to all sorts of intrusions on our liberties in the name of protecting us from terrorists. Homeland, homeland Or the illusion uh, that they're protecting us from terrorists. Right. Uh, the Homeland Stupidity has 
uh, is 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 a, is the culprit for a lot of this stuff. So um, I was just going to check this out. So we got um, on Gizmodo a, a nice little brief article. It says you can now photograph government buildings without being shot. <laughs> if you if you guys remember, Will Buchanan was walking was doing the walk for liberty. He walked all the way from he walked all the way across the northern portion of the country yeah, to get to New, Ham- Oregon to get to New to Hampshire. New Hampshire. That's right. And it says the next time you're hounded by the he was stopped. Uh, he would he took he was taking video of a government building that just looked kind of cool. I don't even think he, yeah he, he was, may have even known it was a government. He was building, walking, uh, you know, just through some random part of the country, and there was this interesting building on the other side of a fence, way out there in the middle of nowhere. And he happened to kind of he was doing his little video blog and filming it. And next yeah. thing you know, all these security personnel are surrounding him and questioning him and whatnot. They made him delete it. And he was just flabbergasted. Yeah. I think he was shaken. He says just shaken at the way they were treating him. Yeah. Like he was a terrorist because he was video doing a video blog as he walked across the country. Because only terrorists have cameras, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, I think the premise of that, well, the the excuse for treating him that way, was that he was p- possibly casing it to do yeah. to blow it up. Because of course, because that happens. Because terrorists time, you couldn't know. just simply walk by and take notes and case it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I I don't know. I mean. And it is. It's just nonsense to uh, give people this sort of false sense of security. Not to mention, if you if you're trying to be discreet about it, there's plenty. There's some ways to discreetly videotape. Yeah, something. If, if you're you doing were, it with a camera wide out in the open, right out in the open, and you're not being secretive, that's probably not the guy. And who's you're a guy in a sun hat, a sun hat, and a reflective vest. You know, <laughs> a backpack. Right, exactly. So, Obviously, you're not a terrorist. The next time you're hounded by police after trying to snap yourself a pretty little photo of the White House. Show them this printed out document from the Homeland Security Department stating you're allowed to do so. And in then fact, they'll the punch docu- you in the face and arrest you anyway. <laughs> well, hey, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's, this, uh, there, maybe there's hope. I don't know. There this could is, be, This is yeah. a good sign. In fact, I'm the document cynical. even says that officers should not seize the camera or its contents and must be cautious not to give such orders to a photographer to erase the contents of a camera as this constitutes a seizure or a detention. The full document is enclosed below. Photographers, join me in my applause, won't you? So this, again, this sort is of like Gizmodo. that whole Fourth Amendment thing. I'm going to post a link to the site if you want to download this this document. I'm going to post a link to the site on the BBS. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Great place to go and chat with other people who are fans of the show. There you go. About anything and everything. Uh, we'll post it in the show prep section. And they do mean so, anything. So uh, if you want to get this document and you want to take some pictures, Puke is going to tell us, uh, they're going to read a little more about this since he is a photographer himself. Yes, sir. I don't know if you do a lot of government building photography, but you never know. Not really. I don't. They're sort of ugly as sin. So again, this is Free Talk Live, where you can control the show. So call six zero three four three five eleven zero five to talk about this or to bring up your own subject. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. You can call in at 603-435-1105. For those of you who are listening, you can watch us at cam.freetalklive.com or join the chat room at chat.freetalklive.com. And the cam link allows you to both watch the cam and join the chat room at the same time. You can barely and, watch us. Camera's in a horrible position. Well, <laughs> I've... We, yeah. You just... 
just going to have to be the way it is. We actually, t- I, I talked to Ian about yeah, <laughs> about if that's if that oh, be. I've mentioned it before too. It's because he wants the dang banner to be in the background. But oh, okay. Well, it's worse for me. I can just barely squeeze into it. If I, if I'm not very conscious of where I'm sitting, I'm not in it at all. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm like the the host in theory. I'm and, not well, on the cam as a photographer and stuff like that. <laughs> I just noticed there's giant negative space above our heads well in the, in the video. maybe you should talk to ian again and say say ian listen <laughs> yeah. to me i'm a photographer <laughs> look here damn listen. it you <laughs> know because yeah. he could he could make a little sticker and put it on the back of this monitor here and it'd be right in front of the camera and that could advertise lrn and then not have like all this <laughs> maybe horrible. so that, that's a good point maybe you could bring that up to him as well maybe but know. uh the cam the nice thing about the cam is it has, it has a, a live stream of the uh, audio and you hear it before it gets like um before you know that's yeah. That, oh, you yeah. hear that stream it even syncs. if they dump someone or whatever. Yeah, and the audio is synced with the video, which is always handy because it's really yeah. confusing. Like right now when I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> confusing. But but the the way the camera's set up now, it's great for when Luther is sweeping in the background. You can see him. <laughs> yeah. As you know, if you were you watching see. it earlier, but. <laughs> you can see all the the silly stuff going on in the background of the studio behind but, the scenes. Uh, what just before we was just before we left at the last hour, we were talking about how you can photograph government buildings again without being ambushed and tackled and treated as a terrorist. And if you are uh, now, I don't expect them to be reliable uh, and to all get the word. Oh, now we don't have to harass people anymore, uh, or they just want to harass people sometimes, and they'll you know look for an excuse to do it. So you can go to Gizmo if you go to the bbs.freetalklive.com and go to the show prep section of the. Of the chat, there is a. I did put the link for that document that you can print off yourself and have that with you if you're going to be filming any government buildings. And you can show it to them and say, "Ha ha! You <laughs> must not arrest me or take my footage away from me." So they Good can't make you that, delete but... your footage, and that will that will solve everything. You know, pieces of paper Maybe. have protected us. Uh, wait, no, they haven't. No, Never mind. Doesn't usually. I was work. thinking of the Constitution that has not protected our freedoms. Because the the. Oh, what is dear. it here? The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects. I think yeah, cameras count as effects. It ain't worked. You know, it hasn't worked from unreasonable well, search and seizure. We had all that slavery and crap. The Constitution didn't yeah, prevent that. Didn't really, didn't really help there. Oh well. So you, uh, you were so, going to expound on the government building photography. Was I? Yes, you were. With the manifesto thing, is that what you're? Yes. Talking about? Oh yes. <laughs> so on copblock.org, there's a um, great little thing, apparently written by Guy Fox, even though he's been dead for centuries. Uh, <laughs> but it, let's see here. It was posted on uh, January 21st by uh, Ademo himself, who is currently in jail for talking out of turn in the um, sacred chambers of our Lord and Master, the Judge. But anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, this is the Photographer's Manifesto 2. So essentially it's written like to, you know, somebody... So it's kind of worded weird right now, but uh, anyway, that's, that's kind of how manifestos tend to be, I guess. Are they? I, I can't recall ever reading too many of them, but I'm not terribly communist. Anywho, onto the thingy. <laughs> Two local, state, and federal police, as well as private security, hired to guard public places. We are photographers. We are artists. Artists, no different than painters, sculptors, and musicians. We do not become terrorists, pedophiles, or any other kind of suspect just by the mere act of using a camera in public places. We reserve the right to pursue our art as we choose, as long as we are not violating private property laws. Right? Because if it's the public way, you're in public, you have no expectation We're of privacy. We're specifically talking about public buildings, too. Yeah. So, and 
And you better believe that the government is it's, videotaping it's, everything. Even if you're not supposed to be on the grounds, you know, again, if you're behind the fence, you know, there's a fence that says how far you could go up to yeah. the White House. It's pretty far back now. But you could take a picture of the White House. I mean, you're, you know. You're supposed to be able to. You, spo- think, you ought to be able uh, to. Yeah. If it, um, <laughs> so. if it's such a secure thing, maybe you should put a fence around it that you can't see through. You yeah. Know? I mean, you know, like you said, and it's so easy to have hidden cameras these days. Yeah, like and if, said, it, if, if it can that, be seen by the human eye, then it's it's not a secure area. And you, you can hide, you can put cameras in a pen in your pocket now. There's yeah. no way you're going to keep someone from casing a building and learning stuff about it and taking no, pictures. Just an excuse to and harass And if they have people. nefarious intentions, then they're going to have something hidden. They're not going to have their camera out in the open in plain view. It's the same idea behind, you know, the whole notion of people open carrying their weapons. Yeah. I'm not a fan of weapons myself, but... Uh, I don't feel any sense of security in the idea that, you know, of not letting, you know, there's, uh, you know, someone open carrying a weapon is obviously, if they don't have, they, they, it doesn't if they have nefarious intentions, by it being there. no, it doesn't, uh, if they mm-hmm. have nefarious intentions, they're going to hide it. And if they're going to rob a place or threaten someone with the gun, right. they're going to yeah. hide it. They're not going to worry about whether they have a permit because they're going to shoot they're someone. They're already breaking laws and such. Yeah. Bigger, people. bigger laws than the gun. Yeah, the gun ones. and just carrying. It's the same idea with cameras. Yep. So back if to not the not more silly manifesto. We reserve the right to pursue our art as we choose, as long as we are not violating private property laws. As artists, we photograph what is interesting to us. This may be bridges, water tanks, trains, public buildings, etc. In the U.S., there is a legal right to photograph anything in clear view in public. Law enforcement should be well aware of this, yet there is case after case of aggressive tactics by law enforcement against photographers, sometimes under the guise of preventing terrorism, in quotes. Other times, cops just not liking being under the camera lens. In light of this, we do not ask, we demand that law enforcement authorities obey the very same laws that everyone else has to... Oh, excuse me. We obey the very same laws that everyone else has to and stop the illegal and abusive harassment they have been perpetrating upon people who are violating no laws. In most states and cities, a person on foot undergoing a lawful activity is not required to present ID to police, nor is he required to answer any questions. Photographers exercising their legal rights should not be the victim of phony contempt of cop charges, officers being refused ID and conversation need to suck it up and walk away. We as photographers should not have to bear the responsibility of teaching the police federal, state, and local laws regarding photography. As police have shown persistent obstinacy when told by photographers that they are overstepping their bounds, the only way they seem to be able to learn is by losing a court case, which doesn't seem to help as instructing doesn't seem to help in instructing any other cops about photographers' rights. We believe it is the responsibility of those in charge, and I don't really care for that terminology because they're not really in charge. Well, they're in charge of their own gangs, but right, you know, I the guess they're, in, they're, they're in charge in, in the sense that they've used violence to get in charge. Yeah, I you guess. Know, I mean, you can, put it, you can think of it that way. Yeah, good point. So back to this. Uh, we believe it is the responsibility of those in charge to spread the word to their subordinates, the simple laws that I have stated above. And then it uh, lists two things here. One, public photography is legal, including photographing the outside of federal buildings. And two, unless there is a local law, to the contrary, photographers are not required to give out ID or answer any questions. Which, uh, that's interesting because, what you know, if there's a local law that says you have to give out your ID in 
answer any questions. That's just as bad. But I guess this is only regarding uh, the federal folks. Uh, ordering them to stop photographing is illegal. They are not required to obey such orders, and police should not give them I, in the I first place. I think they might be referring to the idea that if you're asked by a, by a police officer... Yeah, I guess you, this you, is you in regards to, to federal yourself. buildings, yeah. maybe. So. You have to identify yourself if they ask you to. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, we've got but a But that's call- essentially it. Cool. Well, we've got a caller. Caller, you're on the air with Free Talk Live. Caller? Oh, Hello? hey, what's going on? Yeah, it's Greg. Hey, Greg. Good, great to hear from you. What's on your mind tonight? Um, this is Greg from Massachusetts. Not from Massachusetts, but in Massachusetts. Yeah, in Massachusetts. So I'm calling because I'm wondering... Uh, thing I've been wondering lately, if I videotape the police, because I live in Massachusetts where that's a felony, uh, you know, of course, I'll be Pete and Adam at the trial here pretty soon over that, but if I videotape the police and there's no audio on my camcorder, like I have hold, a way to... Hold that thought. It. We're running out of time for this for this segment. Hold that thought. We'll bring you right back, okay? So, uh, we'll come right back. We'll talk to Greg. You can call 603-435-1105. We'll be right back with Free Talk Live. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. This is the Sunday co-host edition. Mark and Ian are off. This is your host, Dale. And Puke. I would just like to remind our listeners that you can go to listen.freetalklive.com and discover all kinds of ways and methods of listening to the show, including uh, a call-in number. For instance, you can call in on your cell phone and tune into the show from anywhere. You can get a signal on your cell phone. There's all kinds of ways. There's a new mobile section. I believe it's m.freetalklive.com. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Uh, Lots of new options there. Really amazing stuff. Uh, Just got that news. If you're on the mailing list, which is, uh, you can stay up to date on all sorts of things like that. And m.freetalklive.com gives you lots of new listening options. So be sure to check that out. And uh, that's not very new. I've been using that for a while. Oh, well, mm, okay. I got something. Well, there was a, uh, there's now a Free Talk Live app. There's an actual uh, app that's been created. I, I think M, uh, yeah, M. Free Talk Live is not new. There's new stuff on that page. Aha! There we go. That's what that's what I should have said. Thank you for correcting me. Right, because I I've been listening through my iPod Touch for a while yeah. using the mobile Free Talk Live site. So and and there's a new app available that's really cool. It sounds like so that sounds exciting. Check that out at M. Free Talk Live. Com. Uh, just before we left, we were talking to Greg, uh, and Greg was talking about videotaping police officers in masks. So, how's that going for you? Hey, how's it going, Dale? Yeah. So, what you know, I have this problem in Massachusetts because obviously this is the state where they will charge you with a felony for the wiretapping charge. And uh, you know, frankly, in my opinion, Massachusetts. I was talking to Ian about this last week. Massachusetts just is not a state worth sticking my head out for. No, uh, no. <laughs> I agree. I you totally know, agree. <laughs> Yeah, but people, it's not it's not New Hampshire. You know, if I'm surrounded by a bunch of people who don't care and won't support me, well, why on earth would I waste my time, you know, getting in all this trouble here when I can go somewhere like New Hampshire where well, people will back me up? But one of the It's a lot of risk do, for for a arguably very little return, basically. You're you're well, looking at, uh, if you do a cost-benefit... The benefit, people, people that, uh, you know, go to school with me will tell me that I'm an idiot yeah. will be the return, you know. Your cost-benefit you know, analysis is not looking very optimistic <laughs> in that particular regard, yeah. Yeah, so what I was thinking, though, was, you know, if I get a camera and I disable the audio, 
My understand now the problem is I need to get actual uh, someone who with legal authority to confirm this so I know for sure. But my understanding is if I record the police with no audio, then they can't charge me with wiretapping. And the reason that's effective because you know, it's hard to like use the video against them with no audio, but because the police can't tell. If you have audio or not, they're gonna, you know, if we can get people to go out in mass and record the police with no audio, the police are gonna waste so much time harassing people that ultimately they can't charge or do anything against. It can be a, I think it can be a fairly effective method, uh, just in terms of getting in the police's way and making it harder for them to go after people videotaping them. I, yeah, that's, I can see where you're coming from. I, you're How would they putting, know there was no audio You're still sticking your neck out. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, they're still going to harass you and give you a lot of crap, and there's not going to be anyone there to back you up. I mean, they may not be able to go after you with a wiretapping charge, um, which is arguably not wouldn't wouldn't hold up if you if you fought it to the to the end. But again, that would be. A, that would be a big battle to take on. You know, you'd be. You'd I would. Be well, I would expect just knowing how math works. I would expect that I would have to take that to the. I would have to take that to a federal court on federal civil rights charges, and yes, I don't think it would hold up, but, I mean, that is, you know, so expensive and such a time-consuming process. You know what the, what happens, and they, they, they do that in New Hampshire, by the way, it never, it, it's never stuck. They don't even carry it through. They use it just to harass people, and then they, and then when they see that the people are fighting it, they just drop the charges, because they, 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 it's like they know it won't stick. But in the meantime, yeah, they were able to lock they were able to actually, lock people up, you know, for who knows how long, for hours, yeah. while they got while they had to get go through that whole process of BS, you know. So they do they do that's the way they use it here, and I don't know if they would use it the same way in mass, or if they'd push it further. Uh, maybe they they don't you know maybe they maybe they don't expect people to fight it. They figure they'll just plea out or something. Yeah. I don't know. Well, who I want to really go after is the campus police in my school because. That even though they're privately funded by the school, they're they are official uh, Suffolk County sheriffs, right? So I consider them to be, you know, just another tool of the state. And you know, my expectation would be that if I were to do something, see, yeah, I think that's the idea. You get so that they would harass me and stuff, but ultimately, like criminally, I don't have to worry about facing any charges. Yeah, I might be able to stir up some debate on campus amongst the professors and stuff. Uh, you know, who might be paying attention to the fact that their students are getting harassed by the campus police. Yeah, I can see some value in uh-huh. that. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the less, the moral of the story, though, is ultimately Massachusetts is not a place to stick your head out for. I mean, the school won't even, I got Young Americans for Liberty trying to help me right now because I want to start a, liber, uh, a libertarian club in Northeastern, and I asked for permission to table to do it. Because for the school to to recognize you as a club officially, you need 12 signatures. So I said, well, can I table to get the 12 signatures, to get 12 people who are interested in the club? And they said, no, you need to get 12 signatures before you can recruit. Hey, can you could you try to find another organization that would let you table as uh, as part of theirs or something? That maybe would like sponsor a table? Is the idea that you're not allowed to table until you have some kind of recognized organization? No, let's say I have multiple or recognized organizations backing me. Uh, no, the school, it's like the, the, but the school, like basically to, to, for the school to recognize me as an on-campus club, I have to like get an advisor, get 12 students to sign up and all this other crap that takes like a whole semester to go through. And like, 
you know, I just want to get some members. First thing I, I need to, I want a table to get those members to become official. And also, um, you know, I just, I, before I become official, I just want to start getting things rolling as an unofficial club. Anyhow, you know, I'm sure you're not surprised libertarians don't care much about whether or not their club is official as long as they're doing something. Um, so, you know, it's just, just the bureaucracy of all this, the liberal schools in Massachusetts, I guess. But, um, do you I feel like that's, that's just the uh, general thing when you're trying to form any kind of club, or do you feel like it's targeted because you're trying to form a libertarian club? See, it, it's a general policy, but I'm convinced that if if it was a, if, if I was a non-political club, they'd be more willing to make it exemptions. I see. Uh, that's that's sort of the way a lot of that stuff is used. You know, it's it's at will. Yeah. And so that what happens is there's all these laws on the book. Well, it's this is a little different. It's college bureaucracy, not laws. But you know, norm, it's like if the cops want to mess with you. There's all these laws. I mean, you're breaking some law, and they know it. There's all these things they can they can pull out if you you know if they don't like something you're doing. If you're if you're using if you're maybe expressing some speech they don't care for. They can't get you for your speech, right? But they'll get you for something else. You know, they, they got laws so they can get you for, yeah. they can hassle you for something else, which they normally wouldn't just do arbitrarily. But, but you know, again, you, if you're just doing something they don't like, all of a sudden they have all these, all these laws at their disposal that they can use like weapons. And it sounds like the college bureaucracy is used the same way. You know, if you were doing a club they approved of, yeah. they'd be like, oh, we could probably, uh, we could help you out and, you know, we, we don't have to worry about that or whatever. But because it's something they don't like, they whip out all the stop, exactly. all the stops. Yeah, exactly. But um, the next thing I want to talk about. So Dale, you know, you uh, you're of course a computer guy like I am. I know the uh, the pirate box was um hosted on was linked on Free Talk Live. I'm assuming you've uh, you've checked that link out. Yes, I have seen that, and uh, I think it'd be cool to talk about. We're about to cut. we're going to come back in a few minutes. So if you'll hold that thought, we'll bring you right back. This is. This is uh, Free Talk Live. The number is 603-435-1105. If you'd like to join the conversation, uh, we will be right back. (laughs) Pirate box. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. This is the co-host only internet, or sorry, the co-host Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Mark and Ian are off. This is your host Dale, and this is Puke. You were about to say internet only, weren't you? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Which I guess technically it's not internet it's not only true. because it's there being are... broadcast in a number of places, including Manchester. Where yeah, you can hear us Manchester, on, New Hampshire. You can hear Liberty Radio at one hundred five. Britain. Manchester, New Hampshire. That's <laughs> correct. Uh, where you can hear Liberty Radio at one hundred five point one. Neato. So if you happen to be if you if you live in Manchester, you're listening to us online right now. Now you yeah. know that you can listen to the the live stream of Liberty Radio Network. I shouldn't say live stream. Uh, the it's, broadcast it's not all, the broadcast audio. stream, yeah. uh, the audio stream of Liberty Radio Network, which is often live shows uh, at 105.1. And listening yeah, to those the car, are the unofficial sources. Yeah, or broadcasters, you know, unofficial sources. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, they are technically they're not. Before we left, so-called uh, radio stations. Uh, just before we, we just before we left, we were about to talk about the pirate box, and we have Greg on the line. And Greg is uh, you're in college now, studying software. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I am. So the pirate box. This is on Lifehacker, right? Yeah, this is on Lifehacker. It's also on the. Uh, it's linked on the, the front page of FreeTalkLive.com, of course, through the social bookmark bookmarking app there. That's a, you know. Let's mention the social bookmarking. If you have a subject, if you find an article that you like us to talk about, 
then a great one way to do that is you can post it up on the Free Talk Live right on the front page is a social bookmarking setup where people can then vote it up or down and you know increase the likelihood of it getting talked on talked about on the show. Yeah. So although I don't think the voting really uh, affects whether or not it gets talked about. That's just, just like, sort of it's like a suggestion. To the top and, it, 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 it does yeah. give it more attention. Like it's more likely to be seen, and it's like, oh, a lot of people are yeah. interested in this. Maybe we should. But it's no guarantee. It's it. not like the, the host, one at the top gets talked. About the it. best way to get something talked about on the show is to call in. Absolutely, call in uh, if you got the guts to, to get on the air, and uh, that's the best way to get something <laughs> on the air. But uh, this is that's another way to do it. And um, you know, the, the hosts are gonna, if if you don't call in, the hosts are going to decide what to talk about. That's how it True. goes. So go ahead, Greg. So the pirate box, um, it is described as a mobile and secure file sharing network. It's basically a lunch box that has the guts of a wireless router put in it, probably with some uh, some components of a computer. For those people at home that don't know, you can actually turn a very low-cost computer with a wireless, as is a normal wireless card, into a customized wireless router, and that's essentially what this device is. And the idea is that uh, you can go around and anonymously activate the device somewhere, and anyone within range can get on the network and share files over it. Uh, now, I suppose there's a few things. To this, the, the number one thing is, you know, I'm, of course, very against intellectual property, as I find it to be anti-property. And I agree. The MP. Unless the MPAA or RIAA somehow got on the network, which they'd have to be sitting within the wireless range of the device to get on this network, they wouldn't be able to catch anyone. But I think what's more important about the box, though, is that we we had talked, Ian was talking about ham radios last week in response to Egypt turning off the Internet in that that country. Uh, You know, for some of the more non-technical people out there that may not know this, uh, the internet is essentially just a hardwired. Well, it is. It's just a network. It's a big hardwired network with a lot of central points of of, of distribution that can be deactivated. But uh, if you have one of these pirate boxes, you can also use the network for all of the libertarian activists in the area to communicate with each other on their computers. Even though you can't get on the internet, you can uh, um, you know link together all of your pirate boxes as long as they can all connect to each other and like everyone in Keene could still get on the their own internal internet sort of and communicate with each other and that could be a very very important thing if sort the like internet a, were ever to be shut down like a local wireless LAN yeah exactly right. um, I, I love exploring these sorts of things I, I was just talking with someone the other day about the the concept of a dark net Are you, have you have you heard of this the dark net is that the evil I'm side? I'm afraid of the I'm internet? not going to do it service because it's very fascinating. But you know, was, uh, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to do it a, a, a proper service talking about it because I'm kind of going from memory from our conversation. But it kind of sounded like it's like cloud computing, you know, where you have well, or a cloud network. It's like a network of computers computing with com, uh, communicating with each other, and every single person in that network gets to decide whether or not they trust another computer. It's, 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 a, it's a bit like adding someone as a friend on Facebook or something, only a whole lot more secure, uh, where you have a lot more control on the client yeah. side. I guess it's a little bit... The diaspora is kind of like that. It's like a, a network underneath the, the Internet, or a network uh, that uses the Internet, where, uh, where it's all distributed. You know, like right now, Facebook is a central thing that controls it all, 
and you just connect to that. All the files are on Facebook, and the whole, I think the notion of diaspora is that everyone, you know, you just sh- it's file sharing where everyone has their files on their computer, and they're saying, "I want to allow Puke and Greg and Luther to access my computer and have access to this folder." Or these three folders, or whatever you know. The, I want these to be wide open for them to share files if they and and you might even give them limited access to leave files there or to put files there, and and then I think the idea of the dark net is it's an internet of of all these computers connected to each other and there's some challenges posed there because it's not as central hub based you know it's more any any computer being a hub essentially and then they can all communicate each other and it's supposedly a lot more robust and and you know secure in many ways. I don't know. It's a fascinating concept. Yeah, and some of these. Well, that's the thing. A lot of these ideas go well. Dark. I mean, the dark net popped up. I think back in the seventies. But um, a lot of the stuff I think was first experimented with in the in the civilian world by uh, like young hackers and college students trying to figure out ways to share files. Like I know dark nets uh, for a while. I think most schools just block them now. But for a while, dark nets I think were fairly popular. Uh, on college campuses, students would set up dark nets in their dorm buildings so everyone in the dorm could share their music with each other. Uh, uh, but <laughs> all of these ideas, obviously, now, as we look at, like, Egypt shutting... See, the, the government of Egypt shutting down the Internet kind of turns the tables, right? Because I don't think that many people outside of the libertarian circle had ever really thought that something like that could become a reality before this. And now all of these tactics used to get around the problems with file sharing, especially the idea of decentralization and these ad hoc networks that you can set up with things like the pirate box. I think become real relevant to the the liberty movement because uh, I don't think it's paranoid to think that at some point the internet, you know, could be taken over by the government. And I, I think we definitely should have a backup plan because the internet's the most powerful tool we've ever had in this movement. Yeah, um, I, I think that it's... I hope, I kind of think that that would be unacceptable to the American people, that that's the point. With If that happened, I think they would realize... I think it's it's I think we've gone far enough now that the the internet has created this exchange of information and this exchange of ideas that has people uh having this sense of freedom they never had before where all the information up to now up to fairly recently was controlled by big players, you know, the media the ma- yeah. the mainstream media they call it. The mainstream media is losing their grip cause the, because because of the cool? internet, you know. And I think what people are hit, me, though, is... Sorry. Like you said, though, yeah, the American like, like if that happened, it wouldn't fit with the American people, and that's why it concerns me. I just think if that ever did happen, it would be because we were already to the point where the American people would had it, would have had it, and at that point, you know, that's when the government starts acting out of desperation and they give up yeah. on any, you know, facade of pleasing anyone, and they just, you know, commit to nothing more than sheer force. To try and keep people well, under their rule, because that is what happens as a, as a government gets marginalized, they get more and more aggressive yeah. and less and less concerned with legitimacy and just you know do as we say or we're gonna whip out the big guns. You yeah, know? that is the unfortunate thing about government. As yeah, as they become less relevant, uh, they just turn to using force more and more as the group of, of individuals in power grows smaller and smaller. They continue to desperately hang in. So I, you know. This the pirate box thing, interesting idea, but I definitely think it's, you know, I think it's interesting tool for file sharing. Also, I really think it's worth exploring outside of the file sharing world. Um, 
you know, just to allow unrestricted access um, communication amongst yeah. your neighbors. Yep, the, I love these ideas. It's more stuff to think about as things get scarier. Greg, it's great when you call in. I really appreciate your contributions to the show. Thanks. Um, okay, thank you. So we got. there's still time for your call if you make it now at 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. Again, there's still time for your call if you make it right away. In the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, this is the number is 603-435-1105. This is your host, Dale. And Puke. So, um, Mexican gangs, they, they were caught, unfortunately, because this is brilliant. I think this is wonderful. Uh, yeah? Mexican that gangs they were, caught? were caught using catapults. To hurl pot into the U.S. Oh, you think it's wonderful that they had catapults? Someone said it's actually a trebuchet. Like, that's the proper word for what this is. But whatever, uh, you know. Do they have a, a photo a, of it? Uh, do they have a photo? I saw a video of it, but I don't I don't think it's on this particular article. Huh. I, want, I do know to. the trebuchets do hurl things farther that, than yeah, catapults. It's, a, it's like a little bit more advanced or something. Yes, like it is. Those wily French back in the Middle Ages figured out how, right. to, how to make this awesome piece of artillery, essentially, and... Uh, this, they work really good. This particular article is from Yahoo News. The um, the uh, it says Mexican gangs using catapults to hurl pot into the U.S. It's Herm- Hermosillo, Hermosillo, Mexico, uh, which I assume is right on the border. Sounds like so, an STD. Uh, it sounds. I, I was thinking armadillo, but okay. Oh. Um, if your if your mind goes there, then whatever you know. It did. It went there. <laughs> Drug smugglers are using an ancient invention as a new way to move marijuana across the border from Mexico to Arizona. I get, you know, the good thing about this, I get, they've caught some, so you know, otherwise we probably wouldn't know about this. I mean, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. You know, well, usually. Wasn't it a, a couple of years ago or something they found the tunnels, like the actual oh, tunnels with lighting and all that stuff under the border? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that's that's far more this seems, involved in this. Yeah, but this seems you know you know the the whole notion of keeping it simple though. This is this is the kiss process. Yeah, keep it simple, stupid. So, it says uh, the discovery of two drug catapults in the Mexican state of Sonora marks the latest twist in the cat and mouse game traffickers play with authorities. U.S. National Guard troops operating a remote surveillance system at the Naco Border Patrol station say they observed several people preparing a catapult and launching packages over the fence late last week. I like how they call it a, a cat and mouse game. Like it's just all fun and <laughs> oh, <laughs> chase yeah. each other around. It'll be wacky fun. Well, but this uh, is I get you know wacky you know, fun, kind of like Tom huh? and Jerry. Yeah, and, and almost as violent. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's what it is. It's extremely violent. And it's yeah. It's not helping anybody on either side. It, it is, and and, and it, you know. It's just a shame that they even have to resort to this kind of thing in order to engage what should just be free trade. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're just trading stuff we want for stuff they want, and we're people all good. Want, people want it's those good. goods, and people want to sell it to them. Yeah. So uh, a Mexican army officer says the three-yard, three-meter-tall catapult, catapult was found about 20 yards. They keep saying 20 yards, 20 meters, from the U.S. border on a flatbed <laughs> towed by a sports utility vehicle. Well, apparently yards and meters are exactly the same so in that's, this article. So that's cool. I, they, they, you know, I was wondering if it was mobile because that makes the most sense. You want to be able to get it away, you know, oh, yeah. get it out of there. I'm sure they just they wheel it up in the middle of the night. And that's exactly it. Yeah, they do it in the middle over. of the night when you know, you're not going to see stuff flying through the air. 
And uh, again, brilliant. Uh, kudos to these guys. <laughs> the officer says the catapult was capable of launching 4.4 pounds or 2 kilograms of marijuana at a time. He says soldiers huh. seized. That doesn't sound like very much. Soldiers seized. Well, I, you just launch it multiple times. Yeah. You can you know, get it all over there. I mean, uh, you know, just I, it can't take that long to set it up and launch another one. No. Well, they say it's only about three meters high or so, so that's about nine feet tall. It's pretty small. Yeah. Honestly. Well, you want it to be small so you can move around yeah. and hide it. Absolutely. And it says he's, he says soldiers seized 35 pounds or 16 kilograms of pot. The vehicle and the catapult. So the cool thing about this, though, is the idea is out there now, so more people will start doing it, maybe, and maybe they'll have more success with well, it. Shoot. If so. it's successful, I'm sure the idea was already out there. I can't imagine that this knows, is the first yeah, time somebody... I wonder, yeah, I wonder how long it's been going on. Yeah, because, you know, if it's if it's mobile and it's a small catapult or trebuchet, you know, it'd be easy to hide. I mean, I can't imagine that this is, like, a new idea. <laughs> uh... Yeah, yeah, maybe so. It's just the first I've heard of it. Yeah, so it's, it's just the first the time first they've gotten caught. caught. It's very yeah. I imagine. I hope that they've been getting away with it for a long time. Anyway, um, that marijuana is getting into this country. Oh, somehow, interesting. Right? The smugglers left before they could be captured. The surveillance video of them huh. using the catapult was released Wednesday. I think I saw that. It's it's like infrared nighttime, infrared yeah. nighttime footage of them. So uh, it says a, it says a second catapult was discovered Thursday. In or near Agua Prieta, Prieta, sure. Know, another border town. Another army <laughs> officer in that area said an anonymous tip led soldiers to the scene, and the catapult mm. was similar to the first. Mexican officials say it is the first time they have seen the smuggling method used by local traffickers. It's because they're dumb. Yeah. No, I actually, I, I think it's because it's just a very good method. Or all of the other times they've been <laughs> they just, bribed They just finally got lucky and caught them, I think, because yeah. it's probably just a very effective method. I mean, no no method's ever going to be like, you know, you know there's always the possibility of getting caught. And I think, you know, they you know they go out in the middle of the night, they, they get out there, they launch some stuff in the middle of the night, where and then they get, and then they move the crap away from there. And, yep. you know, you have somebody on the other side ready to receive it, I guess. And, yeah, Absolutely. pretty good pros- process. Mexican traffickers have previously used planes, tunnels, vehicles, boats, and couriers to smuggle drugs into the United States. Colombian drug traffickers have even used homemade submarines. Yep. I wonder. People cross the border all the time, though. I guess there's then there's not a fence across the entire border. No. I wonder. I mean, I I, not I currently. I'm just trying to think. You know, I guess I guess it's just you can't maybe carry a whole lot on foot. But this is only launching at a short distance. I can't on the on the on, so on the one yeah. hand I'm thinking it's brilliant but on the other hand I'm thinking you know there's so much border that's not fenced and it's a ridiculous defense it yeah you know, we, we get callers all the time yeah. saying we got to put a fence on the border that's a that's a lot of fence it is and it ain't gonna and it's still gonna be a huge you know you're still looking at a police state to stop people from crossing the border yeah. uh, it ain't worth it it just ain't worth it not to mention that I think it's great they're coming over here but even if you don't think it's great they're coming over yeah. the, the well there's the you know. Did you see the video of the teenage girls climbing up the the um, super duper fancy fence that um, they want to build? There's like a section of this this fence. Well, it would like, still have to be patrolled like crazy. Yeah, they're big. Stop stuff like they're that. essentially big steel pylons driven into the ground and they're like twenty feet high or something. But they're round tube. I don't know, maybe half a foot across, and they're spaced out. And somebody took a video of these uh, two girls that had never tried it before, and they said, climb up that thing, you know, and they just shimmied right up it, you know. And it's like, and this is the, the super expensive fancy fence that they want to build. So even with that, 
uh, you know, th- th- people get really creative trying to say how we can how yeah. we can block the border off, and like th- th- you're still going to need massive yeah. foot power or well, and as 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 Mark to, says to all the time on the show, the second uh, the second country where we get the most illegal immigrants from is China, and you can't build a wall bigger than the damn Pacific Ocean now, can you? <laughs> you know, that's so a very good like- <laughs> point. I mean, it, people are getting really ridiculous in their notions of how to keep all this separate you know keep those keep them mexicans yeah. over there and well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> well eventually the south americans and mexican immigrants that are coming to this country will realize that it sucks here and they won't want to come because that's what it's going to come to yeah but the, what this is making me think about is there are these people who cross no problem you know, who go many miles. Yeah. This can't launch more. How much, how far could this possibly launch? Though? Yeah, at most of a few hundred yards, maybe. Yeah, so I, yeah, I mean. It's only four some, pounds. Maybe, so it, unless the idea is that they've got a fence there so it's less monitored. Maybe that's the Maybe. Thing. So, I, you know, that's. Or it's it's near towns know. and stuff. You know, there's there's got there's obviously some reason why they're doing oh, it where they're yeah. doing it. yeah. That's true. I mean, having to travel. I mean, if you can get it into a, a civilized place and someone can get it quickly and put yeah. it away. You know, hide it away in in storage. Well, next whatever next doing thing they'll it. do is they'll just strap it to dogs or carrier pigeons. You know, and they'll, <laughs> they'll <laughs> well, have animals. I'm sure that's been running back too. and forth. Yeah, probably. I saw, I saw a movie where they were smuggling diamonds. Uh, the, you know, blood diamonds. Yep. He's smuggling yeah, diamonds they, inside they a goat. Sewed it into the goat, goat skins. Yeah. yeah. So there's wherever you try and and prevent somebody from you know doing something they're going to find a way around it us us humans pretty good at solving problems we figured well, out how to make it to the moon and stuff like that unfortunately the the person that's that you know whoever it is that has nefarious intentions if you can even call it that i wouldn't call it that in this case because they're just trying to engage in free in free trade with uh you know a fairly harmless substance and uh you know and the police state is getting in in, in is in, interfering in that and making a very violent war out of that whole whole thing yeah. But uh, whenever someone has nefarious intentions, let's say a terrorist or what I say, they're they're always going to have the advantage. You know, they they they're gonna whatever it is that wherever your um, defenses are, they they know about it. They're, yes. they're gonna they're gonna go another way. They're always gonna have the advantage and and trying to trying to create the safe world where they can't do anything. It's it's impossible. Yeah. Uh, and all you can really do is you know security theater. Make everyone feel like you're doing you know look busy. Make it feel like you're doing something. And they'll get a sense of that they're safe, even though really the the terrorists already yeah. have the advantage. In reality, you know? you're not. They're yeah. the aggressors. They're, they're you know they they get attacked whenever they want at the weak spot, and we'll never be able to prepare for all of them. They could. So it's not worth the police state, guys. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us. This has been Free Talk Live. See you tomorrow. Have a good night. <laughs>